From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.4. It is seven minutes past the hour. We came back yesterday guest hosting the Guy Benson Show nationally syndicated on fox news radio and it was a big news day and we'll talk about this at the bottom of the hour when i tease three stories that you can follow right now on the wpg talk radio 95.5 app but congressman jeff andrew made national news uh you can get a head start on that if you go to the app or to our website wpgtalkradio.com it's presently the lead story uh on the top of the fold uh major breaking news with jeff andrew And also, we were all over the story about Boris Johnson. And it really looked, even while we were doing the program before five more of the ministers under Boris Johnson resigned, it was looking more and more like it was over. More than 30 members had quit. And it just comes to a point where... You just can't survive it. And it seems like the the backbreaker, the absolute last straw, you can understand it, was the resignation of former Deputy Chief Whip Chris Pincher. He quit after he was accused last week of groping two men. And then there's just all kinds of scuttle about what Boris Johnson knew before he even selected him and so on and so forth. Uh, So it just... It it became the death of a thousand cuts. And although he has not yet confirmed the myriad of national and international media reports, and of course, uh, we'll be talking about this later today when we fill in for Guy Benson one more time today from 3 to 6 p.m. He hasn't confirmed it himself, but he will probably while we're on the air this morning. Remember, it's six hours later, so it's, uh, what, 12.09 p.m. right now in the United Kingdom. So he will confirm it. It will likely be today. I'm presuming it will be either while we're on the air today here or while we're on the air nationally filling in for Fox News Radio and Guy Benson. He'll step down. He's not stepping down immediately. He's He will stay for a period of time. And what this does when there's an opening for this position, there'll be a conservative leadership campaign that ensues. And a winner of that will become the new prime minister. And they'll have a lot to deal with on their plate. So we'll put that aside until it's official, but it's it's going to happen. As we continue to cover the sadness, the the mounting tragedy that is the Joe Biden presidency, I guess just like the New York Times forgot for the first time in 100 years to print the Declaration of Independence in their newspaper. Think about that. A hundred year tradition. And their excuse was they forgot I don't know if you agree with me, 
but that excuse is worse than what they did. You mean it was no one's job to know that it's the 4th of July? They don't have a tickler file that says, hey, we're printing the Declaration of Independence like we've done for 100 years. Face it, what's going on, we have woke, broke, joke segments of our society that simply do not, not only do they not like America, not only is it a strong dislike for America, they appear to hate America. But of course, take full advantage of everything that they can grab while hating this great nation. They all do it. Elon Omar, the, the whole gang, all the America haters. And really, how can you come to any other conclusion? Fourth of July. Oh, we forgot. Can, can we make it up to you next year? The string is ended. Now next year it'll be back to one. And will they even do it next year? And who got fired for forgetting? They just lie. They're in my special club. Liars who lie about lying. It's what they do. The Biden White House. No, I never, ever talked to my son. He's the smartest one I know while he's in some kind of, who knows what it was, some kind of water sensory deprivation tank, tub, smoking his crack pipe, naked, and doing things I won't say on family radio. Wow. What a country. And he's the smartest person that Joe Biden has ever known. <laughs> My goodness. This is the, if you wrote a script for what was that show? Soap. If you wrote a script and wanted to make it as unlikely, unbelievable as you could possibly make it, this would be it. This would be this would be the subjects and the latest. And it was so sad. We were celebrating our Independence Day and I hope you had a great one. We, we absolutely did. And Joe Biden had to be reminded to say, God bless America. He has this thing he can remember. It doesn't matter if he's talking to the little sisters of the poor, if he's talking to the, the basket weaving society of North Dakota. I mean, it doesn't matter who he's talking to. He ends it by saying, God bless our troops. Usually the word and is in front of it. And God bless and God protect our troops. Let me get it correct. And God protect our troops. Well, I, I want that. But certain things that we can all agree on, although I guess all of us don't agree even on that, because we've got a number of people that hate our country and hate our military. But I can agree with that. But you don't say that. I mean, if I'm here talking to you about Resorts Casino Hotel, which I will be in a minute. Resorts Casino Hotel, the official and exclusive casino hotel for the Hurley in the Morning program. Great food, great fun. They love locals. Number one casino restaurant in America. 
and God protect our troops. This is what this is what we have. And on our Independence Day, 246th Independence Day, Joe Biden had to be reminded by Jill Biden, I believe twice. Say, God bless America. She tried to persuade the president to say it. It's sad to watch. It's surreal. It's a real problem. And later today, uh, we'll be visiting with Miranda Devine. And I'll let you know when I know the time. I know she's confirmed. And we've got a lot of show prep to still do for 3 to 6 p.m. today. But Miranda Devine, the author of Laptop from Hell. Remember, she came out with the truth. And social media, the Democrat media, they made the truth a lie. They spun lies as the truth. And then finally, with no corrections, no apologies, simply say, oops, the laptop is is authentic. It is real. What about those, what was it, 50 or 80 or 100? It was scores of CIA former directors, all kinds of high-ranking intelligence, FBI, CIA, all kinds of people. They all came out and said this Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation. None of them have apologized. None of them have corrected the record. Interesting, isn't it? Our Fox News commentary is up, and it's been Tommy Laren as of late. She does a good job. This is Harry Hurley for Resorts Casino Hotel. The hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at 3, but now back to Hurley in the morning right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, Sean Hannity. 20 minutes past the hour. Open forum coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. John Zarek at 8. We have a wonderful doctor from Deborah Heart and Lung Center, Dr. Richard Kovach, who holds three different, I guess when you count the fact uh, of his um, position as a doctor, four different titles, because he's also division director of interventional cardiology and endovascular medicine, the medical director of the cardiac catheterization lab, and also assistant director of the interventional cardiology fellowship program, really a at least triple, if not quadruple threat. And we'll be talking about heart valve disease today for 30 minutes on Deborah Heart and Lung Center presents, and then we'll have some fun to close out the program. Let me finish this July 4th just reminder of how incoherent this is so dangerous. I've been saying it from the beginning when he was a candidate. I said this is so bad because if he were to win, look what we would have. Look what we would be facing. And all of it so predictably is coming true. So it's July 4th, just a couple of days ago. The president is wrapping up his speech when the first lady reminds him to say, God bless America. He needed, just like he needs to be told, sit down, uh, stand up. It's, it's, It's unbelievable. I am not exaggerating. And look how corrupt our national media is. Because they really should be all over this. Because it's dangerous for the republic to let it continue. 
So First Lady Jill, who shame on her as well, because I, 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 I don't blame Joe Biden. He's responsible. But I blame the First Lady. And for some reason, that, that's really bad to say, which I don't know why. Because the spouse who is coherent has such a duty, such an obligation to protect a spouse that is fragile. And it's, it is disgraceful. And I really, I'm ashamed and I can't believe that so many media folks, so many leaders, so many people, the cabinet, they're pretending like everything's fine when they all know. And I, t- I promise you, one day, all of this is going to come out. And you will have known about it for years if you were willing to believe the truth in advance of it becoming self-evident, even though it truly is self-evident. Remember, something can be very true just because powerful forces deny it or do acts of omission. You know, I don't want to hear that. Close your eyes. I don't want to see that. You can pretend, but it doesn't change the circumstances. So First Lady Jill is reminding the president on on Independence Day to say, God bless America. The president, of course, is befuddled. He turns towards his wife, who again says, God bless America. President Biden then pointed the mic toward his wife, and she repeated the line a third time, God bless America, thank you. And then, of course, because this is the default thing that for it, look, you, we can't, I'm not qualified to understand the human brain and why you remember certain things, but you can't remember other things. And he's called his sister, his wife, his wife, wife his sister. I mean, all kinds of stuff that's going on. But he does always remember to say, and God protect our troops. Now, on Independence Day, that's not terrible. It's fine. It doesn't quite fit, but it does in a way. Very awkward exchange preceded by a performance of the U.S. Marine Band and the U.S. Sea Channers. Absolutely fantastic, by the way. And. You see, the media reports this, if they report it at all, as a perceived gaffe. It's not a gaffe. It's sad. It's not a gaffe at all. A gaffe is someone that has total control of their faculties and just says something. And we've all done it. Where we said something and then someone says, hey, you realize what you said? Oh, no, no, I thought I said this. No, no, you actually said that. Oh, really? I, I know what I meant to say. And oops, okay. And it happens. A gaffe. A mistake. But this isn't that. And this isn't that at all. 26 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. And when I open by telling you that it's a big news day, it really is. And another one bites the dust, not right away, but by the end of the summer, the White House communications director will be gone, Kate Bedingfield. And we actually broke this yesterday 
on the Guy Benson show nationally. This will mean that the press secretary, Jen Psaki, followed by the communications director, Kate Bedingfield. And if you've been watching it all, this um, I was surprised. And, and it really goes to show you, I thought I thought she was going to be terrible in terms of content and lying on behalf of a lying administration. But I never thought that Corrine Jean-Pierre would be this bad. She is absolutely terrible. Deer in the headlights, lacking substance, pages through that book of hers. My God, if you if you took that away, who knows what would happen at that podium? Things that are not in dispute, she calls alleged. Oh, it's just terrible. So Kate Bedingfield, who Ron Klain, who they secretly refer to as the prime minister. How about that one? That's pretty that's pretty fun, isn't it? He said about Kate Bedingfield that without her, quote, talent and tenacity, Donald Trump might still be in the White House. The rescue plan and infrastructure law might still be unrealized goals and Katanji Brown Jackson might not be sitting on the Supreme Court. She played a huge role in everything the president has achieved. Klain continued, quote, from his second term as vice president through the campaign and since coming to the White House. So she'll stay through, it appears, at least late this month. But definitely before the end of summer. So they say that she will, quote, remain a critical player in moving the Biden agenda forward from the outside, quote, unquote. Oh, let's see. Let's see what maybe Democrat operation will be picking her up. What a joke. After the bottom of the hour break, this is Groundhog Day regarding Texas. And I'm not talking about illegal immigration, which is a disaster right now. If you caught any of the Guy Benson show yesterday, we talked about it. It is it is so bad. They've got to do something. But again, that's what elections are for, because there's not a whole lot you can do when the administration has the power to not have on purpose any type of strategic sound immigration policy. And therefore, the borders are open even though Secretary Mayorkas keeps saying that the borders are closed and we're doing a good job. It's unbelievable, these people. Unbelievable. But when we come back, more propaganda, in my opinion, the typical lift-up Beto O'Rourke, who they always make look like he's going to win or he's close or he could win, and then he gets smoked. And... They think Texans are stupid. They think that we're stupid and they're trying to pull this crap all over again. We'll get to that in just a little bit. It's 30 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 with three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 
95.5 app. Congressman Van Drew announces his pick for president in 2024. It's a early in the morning and WPG exclusive. What does former Senator Chris Brown do as Atlantic City czar? Check that out. And Dr. Oz calls for Philadelphia Mayor Kenny to resign. That and more on the app. Are you looking for... From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. A complex of rain showers passing through South Jersey between now and about lunchtime could be some rumbles of thunder and pockets of heavy stuff, but the severe weather risk is low. We have to leave a stray shower in the forecast through this afternoon. Mostly cloudy, high of 76. Probably dry tonight, low 68. Sun and clouds and 84 away from the oceanfront tomorrow. Chance of a shower, especially at night. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app is Hurley in the morning. Ah, Harry Hurley. That is a great name. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. Thank you. Welcome back. Hurley in the morning, 36 minutes past the hour on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Now, this is the propaganda the latest polling data this is from the university of texas i don't know anything about their texas politics project poll which is what it's called but they have governor abbott leading beto o'rourke 45 percent to 39 percent now beto o'rourke is one of the most just dishonest candidates for office that you will ever find and i guarantee you in the state of Texas that he has thought of like this. Oh, this guy again. I don't know if in your particular city or your particular county, wherever you may reside listening to this program, if you have a perennial candidate that just runs for everything, they run for this and they lose, they run for that and they lose, they run for the other thing and they lose. They just keep running and losing. This better O'Rourke keeps running and keeps losing and they keep the democrat media keeps propping him up does anybody really believe that governor abbott leads beto o'rourke by 45 percent to 39 percent they always make beto o'rourke close and then the election happens and he gets smoked and I guarantee you it's going to happen again. Do you really believe the people of Texas with this illegal immigration invasion that they are confronting? Do you really believe they want to put somebody like Beto O'Rourke, this socialist crazy, in as the governor? They didn't want him for the United States Senate. They didn't want him for president. And that was his Democrats. And they're not going to want him for governor. I guess the good thing is, I mean, you could keep running again and again and again. You can't stop somebody from being crazy. But this would pretty much, I would think, put this to an end. I think it would have to. Just losing, three-time loser, losing for everything. This will not be six points. 
this will not be 10 points. Now, keep in mind, there are a significant number of Democrats in Texas. So he's going to get at least low 30 percentile, something like that. But it's not going to be 45-40, 45-39. It's not going to be anything like that. What a terrible record. And such a chameleon. He's trying to forget all the things he said about taking guns away from people. Now it's like he never said that. Better O'Rourke. They, uh, uh, why they like this guy and why they prop him up. I guess because they just love Democrats, even bad Democrats. I mean, look, they prop up Joe Biden and they know the truth there. Here's another story we talked about yesterday afternoon. Very, very chilling. And imagine hearing about this after the fact. The mass shooter. And I'll tell you, the media can't get it straight. Sometimes this guy is 21. Sometimes he's 22. I mean, you would think that would be rather easy to, to put together and get it straight. Fox News is just sending me a note, Boris Johnson resignation, uh, and that's we've already had discussions with uh, the producer, Christine, and the team. Uh, we'll, of course, be addressing that later today if you have the opportunity to listen between 3 to 6 p.m. So the mass shooter, I don't like to even say his name, but you've heard it probably many times. He drove three hours from the first shooting and then decided not to do what he obviously intended to do. He had at least 60 more rounds and he left the weapon that he used in the um, Highland Park, Illinois shooting, mass shooting. He left the weapon. You can tell, I mean, this guy was fascinated with Lee Harvey Oswald. He did it from up in the air. He left the weapon, all the things that Oswald did. And then he made his way to Wisconsin. But he didn't do what he had planned to do. He, For whatever reason, maybe we'll hear, maybe we won't. For whatever reason, he turned back. He could have picked any celebration that was going on. It was three hours later. There was stuff going on all over the place. And he didn't act. So imagine those communities, except for the individual deciding not to do it. Because obviously he could have done it. Look what he did here. He could have done it. And he didn't. Mm, something else. This is not pleasant and this is not right. Congressman James Comer, who we, we've we interviewed. I can't say I know him, but I've interviewed him. Uh, we know him a little bit, I guess it's fair to say. He's the ranking member for the House Committee on Oversight and Reform. He's blowing the whistle that the Treasury Department is restricting access to Hunter Biden activity reports. I mean, this is what we're up against a criminal administration who you 
ask them a question and they'll tell you, imagine referring Joe Biden is on an audio tape. And you have Corinne Jean-Pierre saying we don't talk about alleged alleged. Nobody's disputing that that's not Joe Biden on that tape. That's him. And Miranda Devine will tell you that later today. Between 3 and 6 p.m. and we'll confirm the time. I'm I'm sure I'm thinking we'll know the time before I sign off. If not, go to my Facebook page and we'll have the lineup there. Alleged. Then Peter Ducey, who we interviewed yesterday, presses Corinne Jean-Pierre and says, alleged. It's not alleged. And we, we don't comment on this. And she refers him to Hunter Biden. You've got to be kidding me. Joe Biden's on the tape. But this is why when you do a legitimate request for information, these criminals masquerading as high-ranking officials, they circle the wagons in the Biden protection program. More about that after the break. This portion of Hurley in the Morning brought to us in part, and boy, if you haven't done it, you better get on it because you're going to feel it. I promise you. And I'm talking about ambient comfort, heating, and cooling professionals. And I have seven signs that you may need to replace your air conditioner. If your air conditioner is unusually noisy, if you notice an odor, it may be time for a new air conditioning system. If it's blowing warmer air, not colder air like it should, or if you have high humidity, you may need to replace your air conditioning unit. If you have poor airflow, and you'll know, you'll know the difference. You go to one of the returns and it's not what you're used to feeling. That's another telltale. And finally, although energy costs are rising, if your bills or your usage are substantially higher than last year, it makes sense to talk to the great team at Ambient Comfort. And possibly you may need that maybe they can repair but you may need to replace your system. And I did leave out also another telltale is if it's cycling on and off too quickly, you'll know that like what's going on. It's on, it's off, it's on, it's off. It's just all over the place here. So check that out. It's going to be a long, hot summer. Yesterday was what? 93 on the mainland. It was a scorcher. If you're experiencing any of the seven signs that I just outlined, don't wait Call Ambient Comfort. Ask about state and manufacturer rebates as well because when comfort matters, choose Ambient Comfort. On the web at ambientcomfortnj.com or call 609-568-0955 and tell them Harry Hurley sent you. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Nine minutes before the top of the hour. So Representative James Comer of Kentucky, he wrote a letter yesterday to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. He's voicing his concerns that information he's requesting is being restricted. And he's pledged to find out whether the Treasury Department was doing this as a means of protecting President Biden and his son. What do you think? 
quote, I wrote to you in May requesting information regarding Hunter Biden and other Biden associates and family members, financial transactions flagged by U.S. banks for reporting to the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, FinCEN it's called, through suspicious activity reports, Comer wrote to Yellen. Quote, the Biden administration is restricting Congress's access to SARS, that's the suspicious activity reports, and committee Republicans are investigating whether this change in longstanding policy is motivated by efforts to shield Hunter Biden and potentially President Biden from scrutiny. Before I continue on that, remember, and Jen Psaki said this with a straight face, that we have, we've made a decision that the most transparent way to handle Hunter Biden and his painting and all the money he's getting uh, is to not tell you. That's the most transparent thing to do is to hide it from you. This is what this is what they do. Liars who lie about lying. So bad. Comer continues that, quote, despite Treasury's assertion in the press, Treasury is refusing to release SARS connected with Hunter Biden or his family and associates, including the president. And, quote, you see, that's what they also do. They tell you that they're the most transparent administration they tell you they've released everything, but they've released nothing. Congressman Comer also shared his message yesterday. I saw it via social media where he tweeted, quote, U.S. banks flagged over 150 shady international business transactions made by Hunter Biden. It's become clear that the Biden administration is now hiding these suspicious activity reports from GOP oversight. Can you imagine if Donald Trump or Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump or pick one, Ivanka Trump, anybody, if they had 150 shady international business transactions, this stuff would be a suffocating, never-ending Front page, top of the news. And they would not stop. And you know that's true. And they get away with this stuff. And it's it's both maddening and it's sickening. Let me talk about something that I did not know about until 3 o'clock this morning. And I pride myself on keeping up on things, even things that aren't necessarily um, – Items that you would think would catch my eye. In case I'm the first one to tell you this, get ready to be a bit surprised because I was. Brad Pitt has revealed that he has a rare disorder that causes face blindness. Now, when I first saw that, I thought, well, what the hell is that? Then I said, before I looked into it, because it was easy enough to get the details, but before I looked at the details, I tried to figure this out in my own head with just those two words, face blindness. And my guess, nothing, I never heard of this, and it's a very rare condition, but my guess was that it's somebody that can see 
but they just don't have the ability to process someone's looks and remember that person. Think about that. No matter what your job would be, any any job that has contact with customers or anything else, wouldn't it be terrible if you couldn't recognize anyone? And, and even though you have total normal brain function and otherwise total normal vision, I know this is wild and maybe you never heard of this before. And I'm always the first one to tell you what I know and what I don't know. And when I hear something that I've never heard before, I just say, I never heard that before. Now I have. So I'll never say that again. I have heard of that now. So this is called, and I I could be pronouncing it wrong because I've never seen this word before, prosopagnosia or prosopagnosia. It's a condition otherwise known as face blindness. It renders the person who suffers from this unable to recognize faces or identify others by their faces. So you can imagine, boy, that would put you into a category where people would be like, oh, look at this jackass. I've met this jackass a hundred times and he doesn't know who I am. Oh, that's rough stuff. He revealed this in a GQ interview saying that nobody believes him. How about that? I believe him. He said, quote, I want to meet another. He said of his desire to meet another person with the same condition. Now, this isn't brand new. He did this interview like nine years ago. I never heard about it. Don't know if you did. You might be, oh, Harry, how'd you miss that? Look, I I also, and I don't know why, even if you think you are very well informed, and I, and I, I will tell you, I, I put myself up there. I, I, I have no one else that speaks for me, so I better speak for myself. I put myself way up there in terms of product knowledge. I work really hard to learn what's going on in all kinds of walks of life in different scenarios. But for example, I never knew until a couple of years ago when I wrote an article about it, I never knew until about a year and a half or two years ago that Jane Mansfield is the mother of Mariska Hargitay from Law and Order Television. Now, I will tell you, oh, my God, I had people saying, oh, my God, how did you not know that? I mean, mocking me, trashing me. And I did find some people that also said they they didn't know that for whatever reason. And it's really crazy because I knew the Jane Mansfield story. I knew the crash. I know and knew about the Jane Mansfield bar. Did you know that? That these big tractor trailers, cars used to go underneath and just you got demolished, decapitated and all, I think that's what happened to her and all kinds of terrible things. Well, now they put a bar. It's called the Mansfield bar and it's down lower. So now a car is still terrible. You crash into the bar, but you don't go underneath the trailer like in the old days where it's 
cuts off the top of the the car, and unless you duck quick enough, you're just absolutely well, you're demolished anyhow. But uh, so they have the Mansfield bar. Knew all about that, but never knew that Mansfield was the mom of Mariska Hargitay. I found it fascinating when I when I finally found out about that. But Brad put Brad Pitt talked about hey, it's terrible because people you just don't recognize them. And then they think you're some kind of egotistical, you know, maniac and all these things. So in case you didn't know it, Brad Pitt, I don't know how if it degenerates even further, but he's had this for quite a while, over a decade. Open forum begins right now after the news break. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour, and it is now your turn to play. It's wide open forum this hour. John Zarek at eight, and we have an important discussion coming up in the nine o'clock hour with interventional cardiologist Dr. Richard Kovach, where we're going to be talking about um, some really important content uh it is no joke uh heart valves and heart valve disease it's a um serious topic and we'll be all over it coming up uh in just two hours 609-407-1450 an open phone line welcome to hurley in the morning you're on the air good morning harry how are you andra i am very well how are you I feel so privileged. <laughs> Good. Um, great show, Harry. I, I get up early. I don't listen every morning, but I get up early, and I'm always fortunate to hear good conversation. I'm looking forward to hearing um, Dr. Kovic. I'm a I'm a recipient of a of a heart valve, so Ooh. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing that uh, interview. Yeah. Um, well, what I'm, I'm calling for, as I told you before, I am not a politician, but I'm learning so much just listening to you. Starting with um, local government, you know, I, I live in Atlantic City, and I want the people to know that we can't keep complaining about our conditions here in Atlantic City and don't challenge and support when we're trying to get things changed, starting with the Carnegie Library and the shop right store you know so many promises were made and we don't see the fruits of it so when we get out and want to make change like we talked about trying to get the partisan back to nonpartisan, we you know we need the people but um just speaking on uh um the little that i know of living as far as politics are concerned everything like you're saying, start from the top. And shame on those who see um, the issues with uh, President Biden, his health conditions that should be there to protect him. If, if, if you see that things are going awry that's in the public eye, and that becomes the topic of discussion in the news media, someone should be stepping in to protect him, and most importantly, the image of this country. 
Um, you have a vice president, do what needs to be done for her to get in. I don't care if a person is Republican or Democrat at this juncture in our lives, Harry, because it doesn't seem like there's any straightforward shooter on either side of the party. I just want the person who has the best interest of the country and the majority, you know, who are suffering to be protected and be represented well, whether you, because on each party you have liars, you have scandals, you have, I mean, going all the way back as far as, as Roosevelt and all of them, you have that going back in the political parties. I'm trying to see when the corruption became so bad that the gun laws changed and you have, Everybody and, and, and John Wayne out here with a gun, no one is safe with um, the gun laws to change. Now you're trying to reverse the gun laws and make better gun laws. It's just corrupt. And the, and the news media feed off of that. That's, that's what they feed off of is the negative side of everything and some of the good stuff that, that's there that should encourage and uplift the, the country, it doesn't get reported, you know? So I just believe that, unfortunately, if we could take political party out of, of our electoral period and just people vote for people that have integrity and put their shoes in the American people's place, because these politicians, they say what they need to say to get our vote and do what they need to do to try to keep our vote. And I just think it's a sad day that this country is going to hell in a handbasket from the top on down to your local to your local government. You have the nepotism <laughs> and, um, you know, you have all of that going on. And the people who really need a decent, good job who have the education and the skills, if you if you aren't a cousin or a brother or an uncle or a sister or married into the family, you you're still in the bottom of the pile just struggling to, to make ends meet day by day. Who can afford five dollar gas? Come yeah, on. yeah. And it was even higher than that at one point. You say you don't know much, but Andra, I think you have it a lot of it all figured out. You've, you've got it going. I just live this life. Yeah. I mean, this just comes from living this life and watching the, the suffering that the little guy continues to go through. I mean, Donald Donald Trump from, from Nixon, I mean, there's scandal there. From Nixon, Ford, uh, Roosevelt, Trump, all of them have, 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 uh, have skeletons in their closet. And you keep doing what you do. The, what, what to say? Everything you do in the dark is going to eventually come out in the light. Yeah, it's so true. Well, Andra, uh, I like your message. I like your style. Uh, you're very fair and balanced. I always appreciate that because we don't we don't have much of that anymore. And I appreciate you listening when you can and calling in when you can. So have a nice day. We're going to get another call in now. Be well. Take care. 609-407-1415, open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Harry, can you hear me? I hear you crystal clear. Harry, uh, I uh, ran into a problem and lost my icon that I click on to hear your show. This is the only way I can hear it right now. Is it possible to uh, send me the red icon that 
I was always able to click on to hear your show. Now, do you have the app? I think. Do you do you have the app, or do you listen on the? You're listening on the phone, or on a computer? Uh, do you listen? Which, do you listen on your phone? Let me start there. Yes. Okay. Do you have the WPG Talk Radio app downloaded on your phone? No, I do not. Okay. All right. It's very simple. Do you have an iPhone or do you have an Android phone? iPhone. Okay. So go to the iPhone app store. Uh, type in. There's the little area where it lets you type a specific app that you want to get. Just type in WPG Talk. By the time you start, probably by the time you get to T, A, at the latest, the WPG Talk Radio app will pop up. When you see that, click on that. If you've got Wi-Fi going right now, within seconds, it'll be downloaded onto your, with the iPhone, you know, you double, you click on the, the right button when it tells you to approve the app. The app is safe. When you have the app on your phone, all you have to do is press on it. And then you will see the listen live button. This is easy. You're going to you're going to be able to I don't have to send you anything. You can get this done within one or two minutes easily. OK. Understood. Yes. OK. I'll give it a shot then. And if, and if you need me for further uh, consultation, I am here to serve. OK. Thanks an awful lot for that, too. You got it. Be well. Enjoy your day. Thank you. You All do right. the same. Good to talk to you. That's simple. Get the app. If you have an Android phone, go to your Android marketplace, get the app. You have the listen live button and also you have the podcast button. I should have remembered to tell that to the kind gentleman, uh, the podcast, which means if you ever miss anything or you hear later in the day, oh, did you hear that interview with Michael Testa or Vince Palestina or whatever? Uh, Jeff Andrew, did you hear it? Oh, no, I missed it. That is old fashioned speak. You don't have to miss anything. The podcast is the show. The show is the podcast. So if you miss something, you can even email me. Did you have so-and-so on? What time? What day? I'll tell you. And you can go back in the archives. Maybe you go away on vacation for a week and you hear about something a week later. Just let me know who it was that you wanted to hear and we'll uh, we'll let you know easily what time and where you can find it. You can scroll. There's a little button that lets you push right through so, for example, if we, what you want to hear is at 9.06, you don't have to listen from 6.06 to 9.06. I, I want you to, but you certainly don't have to. You can go right where you need to be to hear something that's of interest to you. When we come back, I am pleased to report that you are our next caller. Please don't go away. It's 16 minutes past the hour. I am early in the morning. This is our friend Sean Hannity. And then we'll be back after this. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. The reason they don't want to air the interviews that I had with four of the five people in the room on January 4th, and that would be Donald Trump himself, Mark Meadows' chief of staff, uh, the secretary of defense at the time, Chris uh, Chris Miller, rather, and Cash Patel. He and, and Chris Miller already told the committee that they were in the room when Donald Trump authorized up to 20,000 troops, or as Chris Miller says, whatever's necessary. Muriel Bowser in writing declined the troops. That would be evidence. 
Apparently, there are a series of memos that corroborate all of this that were presented to the committee. The committee has this information. Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Elizabeth Warren, they're all attacking America's tech innovators. The left's bill, S-2992, would take away the digital tools small businesses rely on, empower China to beat America in the race for new technologies, and increase the risk of cyber attacks. When liberals attack America's tech innovators, they're really attacking everyday Americans and Main Street businesses. American jobs, America's security, and the online privacy of the American people are all on the line. Why would Senate conservatives support this liberal agenda that threatens American innovation? We need to stop Pelosi, Schumer, Warren, and the rest of the D.C. liberals from taking away our technology and making China stronger at America's expense. Call the U.S. Senate today at 202-224-3121. Tell Senate Republicans to oppose S-2992. ProtectingTaxpayers.org, paid for and authorized by Taxpayers Protection Alliance. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Ah, yes, we are. It's 22 minutes past the hour, and we're in wide open forum. I was reading a very interesting email from a listener who had not heard, uh, and I hadn't heard either. And Brad Pitt revealed this in 2013, that he suffers from something called either pro or I think it's pro soap or pro sop pignosa very weird word and never heard of it never heard of the condition never even knew there was such a condition uh but it is called face blindness in in more uh understandable terms than that big word p-r-o-s-o-p-a-g-n-o-s-i-a face blindness means that you can see and that you see normally but you can't recognize faces so you there will be somebody you know but you look at the face and you don't know who they are. I mean, it's wild. And a listener wrote that they had never heard it before. He revealed it first time back in 2013. And it's going on 10 years. I never knew about it until this morning. But you can imagine. Uh, I All I know is it is super rare. Uh, and when I say super rare, almost no one has this. And Brad Pitt says that people don't believe that he does. They just think he's some kind of uh, self-indulgent, self-absorbed egomaniac. And he tries to explain. Then then he tried to do this thing of asking people who they are and tell me how we met. And then they get even more furious. Tell me who I am and how we met. They go bananas on you. So there's a, not a, a real recognition about this, um, I think if Dr. Dave Smith were here, we would call it like a low-level vision issue uh, and, and how it works. But a lot of people have it, or I shouldn't say a lot of people have it, of the people who have it, a lot of them don't notice it until the face recognition aspect of it kicks in and then they really there's a whole psychological thing and the brain, how it all works, uh, pretty wild. But a listener wrote in that they were fascinated by that, as it was I, is why I brought it up. 609-407-1450, open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hi, Harry. 
I'm sorry that I wasn't able to hear, listen to you the last week. I was off celebrating my 86th birthday. But does my memory serve me right that you just celebrated an anniversary? No. But there was mention of it um, in a broadcast interview that I did. October 17th is my and Margie's wedding anniversary. And this October 17th, we will be married 41 years. God bless you. What I was referring to was being on the air. Oh, 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 see? Well, you can tell what's more important to me. Uh, Yes, big news. We, We completed 30 full years as a broadcaster and still at the same station that we started. That's what I thought. So my yes. memory isn't so bad for an now, old 80s. Well, you're, remember, I, I say you sound more like you're 38. Uh, so with you, that's just there's biological age and there's chronological age. Uh, you're as spry and young sounding as anybody that I talk to. I just wanted to wish a happy anniversary again, Lee. Well, thank you. Being on the air. Yes, that's that's about it. I love your show. I, I, I appreciate everything you inform us of. And you're still teaching me. Thank you. God bless you. You're welcome back. Glad you had a good time away. 609-407-1450. All right. I'm going to go out of order because I guess my um, on-air instructions didn't go well. Uh, so the installation of the app, it didn't go well? Uh, no, it didn't, Harry, because I'm not uh, computer literate. Uh, is there any uh, right, way? Here, that- here's the only way. Short of me driving to your house and doing it for you, do you have any young whippersnappers, uh, grandchildren, children, anybody that would do it for you? Because it is it's very hard to do if you don't know how to do it. If you know how to do it, it's very simple. Uh, I would recommend just do you have somebody that knows how to do apps and they're good on digital equipment? Yes, I do. All right, that's your. I have a nephew. All right, to get your nephew, it's so easy. You just tell your nephew, I want on my home screen the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app and watch your nephew do it in under 60 seconds. I promise you, it will be done. Okay? Then all you have to do, this is fail safe. Put your finger on that button and press it. The app will launch. And then on the home screen of the app, the front page of the app, you will see the Listen Live button, podcasts, and some other things that are there. You just push on the Listen Live button. I think it launches on its own. The worst case scenario, you have to hit the little play button thing. But if you push the Listen Live, it should launch, and it'll be on. Okay, I will uh, work on that. Is it possible I can continue listening to today's show with with this telephone number? Here's what we'll do. I'm going to put you on hold, and the only time that would be a problem is if I see, like, all the phone lines are lit, then it starts to take up too many phone lines. And then there's somebody else that likes to do it, and that's two out of six. And then it's going to be like, hey, call in, but then you're going to get a busy signal because everybody's listening. But, yes, I listen, I love the fact that you want to listen, so I'm going to make it happen. Uh, you're on hold. You can listen. And um, no problem. Happy to do it. When we come back from the break, you will join the program next. And you'll be right after that. It's wide open forum all the way to the top of the hour. John Zarek is going to join us next. A reminder, we're filling in today, second day in a row for Fox News Radio, the Guy Benson show. If you missed yesterday's show, oh, my gosh. 
did we deliver a lineup. It was incredible. And I know today is going to be more of the same. I know Miranda Devine is scheduled uh, and we have a number of other important newsbreakers, newsmakers uh, and very high profile guests that will be joining us uh, three to six today. And you can listen either on the Guy Benson Show website or on the Fox News Radio uh, app as well. Uh, We'll be right back. Your calls continue a lot to continue to do. Uh, John Zarek at 8, as I mentioned, Deborah Heart and Lung Center presents Dr. Richard Kovach. We're going to be talking about heart valve disease, and then we'll have some fun, take some more calls, have some more fun. Maybe some other friends will drop by as well in the final segment after Dr. Kovach, second half of today's 9 o'clock hour. Back to your calls. It's exactly 30 minutes past the hour. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. There's so much content on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app that it's hard to pick just three stories that you can follow. But I've got to do it, so here it goes. Congressman Van Drew announces his pick for president in 2024. It was a breaking news story in our interview yesterday afternoon on Fox News Radio. What does former Senator Chris Brown do as Atlantic City czar? Check out my coverage on the app. And Dr. Oz calls for Philadelphia Mayor Kenny to resign. That, and I promise you, a whole lot more on the app. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Up to an inch of rain may fall this morning. Skies should start to brighten around the midday hours, and we will benefit from slightly less humidity and much cooler conditions. Look for a high of 76 this afternoon, a full 15 degrees cooler than yesterday. Probably dry tonight, low 68. Tomorrow, decent summer day, sun and clouds, 84 away from the coast. Chance of a shower at any time, better chance of rain tomorrow night. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Almost 3 million people use Navaj to... Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, great one. 36 minutes past the hour. I'm Hurley in the morning. You're listening to WPG Talk Radio 95.5 And we do have an open phone line at 609-407-1450. You know, when I bring up certain stories, I have expectations on all of them. And I'm getting hit all over the place in a good way about this Brad Pitt story. I think maybe when someone's really famous and you don't know them and you only know them through their on-screen persona. uh, Do you pronounce that persona? uh, That... When you hear something so rare, like a rare disorder, that it just is interesting. That's why it caught my eye. I was like, what? Face blindness? And this other word that I I can't even say. So I'll just say face blindness. What? He can't? So you you could meet him and – I mean, for example, I, I guess they're estranged, but does he does he know his wife? Does he know his children? Does he – I mean, it's is it like uh, a little bit like Adam Sandler and oh my gosh, who's the little girl from a famous movie that then went out? Uh, Drew Barrymore. Thirty uh, first dates or something like that. You have to have a videotape every morning when you wake up. You have to meet your husband and your children, and then you take on the day. Uh, it's wild. I never heard of such a thing, and a lot of listeners are writing me about it. Uh, 
if you're just catching this cold here, Brad Pitt announced not yesterday, nine or ten years ago, never heard it before, that he suffers from a rare disorder. I'm going to actually look it up and see how many people in America or the world, whatever I can find, have this disorder. But he has face blindness, which means he can know you, he can hear you, he can see everything normal, but they they if you have this, you cannot make out faces. So when you just see someone, you don't know who they are. What a terrible, terrible disadvantage that is. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Wow, Harry, that's a crazy story there. I know. That's, I can't believe being affected that way. Yeah. Hey, I'm calling because I, I've been traveling, listening to you on the app, and when you and Margie were sick, getting the replays, and it was really confusing me. <laughs> but I just want to follow up on 50 years ago today in Ocean City. Was that when you were sick? Did you make that show? I donated my tickets to uh, some nice people. They're $95 a piece, by the way. Uh, I never made it. Uh, we, we, we had COVID-19. Uh, I was just coming, if I'm trying to remember, I think I was just coming out of it so that I guess by the law, that may have been the night that I would have been allowed to go out with a face mask for five days uh, and I just didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. And I didn't feel that great. And we passed and I, I was going to have work the next morning. Uh, so we never, my twin brother got to see it. Uh, and I was talking about it a lot in the run up to it because I love Jason chef. I'm snake bitten on certain people that I don't get to see. I'll tell you another one that I'm snake bitten about Carrie Underwood. I was all set we were going overnight for two nights. I've never been to Mohegan Sun. I've been by it. One of my dearest friends in the world is president at the corporate level. Uh, I was all set to go, Margie and I believe all of our kids. And I went to my daytimer because something came to me. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm committed that night. And I was the master of ceremonies for the Atlantic City Rescue Mission annual gala. And I called Tom Cantone. I said, I'm out. So I've never seen Carrie Underwood either. Uh, but the short answer is no, we didn't get there. Well, did Don give a good report? Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, Jason Chef allegedly stole the show. Uh, he did a lot of Chicago stuff. And then he did a lot of the Beatles stuff. There were two different Beatles albums, Revolver and I forget the other one. Uh, that The entire cast performers knocked it out of the park it was incredibly well received i've been told that's that's great i know you were really looking uh, forward to it when i was thinking i'm there oh no was that when he got sick well it's my life story i have the worst luck maybe in america when it comes to little things but i have phenomenal luck on big things so that's a blessing i don't even worry about it but uh i don't know if that tour is ever going to happen again i think they had two last dates and jason chef was not able to do either of them so that that has now come and gone but i heard it was fantastic well sorry you missed it i'm glad you guys are all well yep have a great day thank you my friend that's all that counts the other stuff you know it, i can listen to jason chef 
and I do. And Margie and I really, um, my daughter Lauren, infectious disease nurse manager, and my son-in-law Andrew, uh, nurse practitioner, better than any doctor almost that I've ever known, uh, were really proud of the way we were very compliant. And we really um, handled COVID-19 very, very well. I was concerned because we had longstanding plans, which I knew would put me in the heat. And when I say heat, I'm talking about 101, 102 heat index for hours and hours and hours um, with not a whole lot of relief from it. And I was wondering how we were going to hold up. And it was a piece of cake. I didn't notice any difference. Uh, so we, um, you know, we're two of the fortunate ones. I do understand that there are these two new strains. I think we had one of them uh, because this was different. This was not anybody told you, oh, yeah, I didn't even know I had it. Yeah, you didn't have what we had then because you knew you had this. Let me tell you that right now. But we did well with it and uh, feel very, very fortunate. Back to your calls right after this. Don't go away. As we promised a little while ago, you'll be next. And to other listeners that would like to get on, the phone lines are open at 609-407-1450. We'll come right back to your calls in just a little bit. It's early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And this is early in the morning for our good friends at Ambient Comfort heating and cooling professionals i come bearing news seven signs that you may need to replace your air conditioner if your air conditioner is unusually noisy if you notice an odor it may be time for a new air conditioning system if it's blowing warmer air or if you have high humidity you may need to replace your air conditioning unit if you have poor airflow or your system is cycling on and off on and off on and off too quickly and finally although energy costs are obviously rising and they're very high if you notice higher usage higher bills and they're substantially more than last year it makes sense to call my friends at ambient comfort simple to do you can visit them on the uh, web at ambientcomfortnj.com or simply call 609-568-0955 and tell them that early in the morning sent you you know i'll tell you god is great i forgot all about missing that concert but i don't mind to the kind gentleman i don't mind that you brought it up though but i i have i I don't know how your mind works i can only tell you how mind work mine works we were going to go to the concert i was really looking forward to it but i have to tell you in the back of my mind I'm thinking i'm going to get home at 11 30 or 12 midnight and i got to get up at 12 at 2 15 And that's not going to be fun. But I was going to go anyhow because I really, really like Jason Chef. That is the one thing about my job. I have turned down opportunities to things that I could just pinch myself if I would have had the opportunity to go. But you know what? Everything in life is balance. It's trade-offs. And I love my life. I love my job. And so I can't stay out late at night. But I never really did anyhow. And if that's a trade-off, I'll take that every time. And if there's something I really, really want to do, I'll do it. Pay for it for a day, probably two days, because you go almost two days in a row with no sleep. 
and then you, you try to catch up, but it takes about one or two days after that minimum. So we didn't get to go see that, but uh, I did enjoy the on-air stuff we did with Brother Don about it. I enjoyed talking about the different performers, and uh, they're going to put out, I believe, and I'll get a copy of it. They'll put out the concert, and then we'll have you know the ability to uh, to enjoy that. But as I say, I have really, I mean, put me in the ninety nine point nine infinity level for bad luck with little things. I told this story about a week or. 10 days ago, I have lost count of the times people have said, wow, I never heard of that happening to anybody. Well, it happened to me, and here are the, here's the facts. I mean, the weirdest stuff, even stuff they say can't happen. I said, well, you never met me. But it's little stuff, aggravating little nuisance stuff, never anything big. Having my identity stolen wrecking me in certain ways for a couple of years it took to to recover from that and and still not completely nightmare i i pray that you're not on the dark web your name your data uh it, it is having your identity stolen is such a it's a virtual violation i don't want to because obviously women and even men people get violated literally so I don't want to put it in that category, but virtual violation. And it's a nightmare. And you you don't know when it's going to stop. And so many things, opening up accounts in your name, loans in your name, trying to get credit line increases, uh, saying that they need a credit card sent to where they are at ATMs, calling and saying they forgot their PIN number. Can you help me? Uh, stealing your email, uh, deleting email. You, you don't even you don't even want to ever. And I'm telling you, I didn't say anything about it for quite a while. It was tough coming into work to do my job. I guess I wouldn't qualify as a little thing. But in the scheme of things, the difference between someone being hurt, someone dying, some some other very serious situation, tragedy, yeah, it is small. You know, so they whacked my perfect credit score a little bit, but it was still, you know, great. Just not perfect. And um, you go with it. I mean, you know, you go with everything that, that it brings. And you just, you do the work one at a time. This account. Oh, I didn't open up that account at Neiman, Neiman Marcus. I got to close that down. All these credit inquiries. That's one point off your score for every one of them. And then they're on your report for what, two years. Then they say they'll take them off, but they don't. And then you just give up. You, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't obsess on it. And a lot of them did take it off and, and a bunch of them didn't. I said, hey, I thought you were going to take that uh, credit inquiry off. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But you were going to do it, but now you, you, you just didn't do your job. You know it's not me. I didn't open that up. You know we have the paperwork. We proved identity theft. You're not going to take that off. And how many of those conversations do you want to have? It involved like 50 of them. So little things versus big things. You just uh, separate the difference. Uh, I have a, comp a compartmentalization system. I don't know how I do it, but it works. Uh, if there's something that's not important to me that I want to forget about, I can 
throw it in the trash can, the virtual trash can. If I ever need to recall it, if somebody were to say a couple of words about something, I say, oh, I, I could then pull a whole file cabinet out, whole Dewey Decimal System out on it. But I'm, I'm so grateful that I have it's, – it's really part of why Andrea has brought it up before. I'm extremely forgiving because I really don't know any other way to be. I'll, I'll be hot for a while, uh, but I just can't stay mad. I live a happy, blessed life, so I don't have time for hatred and negativity and sweating the small stuff. And that's, you know, that's the, um, I think that's the philosophy, a winning philosophy in the game of life, which is so short when you think about it. And since you don't know how much time you get, you better make it count every single day. That's what we try to do. Back in a few minutes uh, on the Hurley in the Morning program, WPG Talk Radio. 95.5. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG, Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you very much. 55 minutes past the hour. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. Morning. How you doing? I'm well. Thanks for asking. Uh, Harry, you know... Um when this country started, um, you know, it, it was all the derelicts from England. So I guess the the uh, descendants are coming about now. Derelicts of England. That's, a, that's hilarious. Well, that is funny because for those who don't read their history, obviously the first Americans were not natural born. Uh, so that's, that's a fair point. Uh, they were subjects of England. But I think I, think I get your point. <laughs> And I guess that is that is your point. And I can't hear you now, so we'll have to leave it at that. A couple of minutes left in the hour. I have to go to this call because I come home from Disney World, which we love. I don't like some of the Disney corporate uh, wokeness. It's, it's challenging my sensibilities, but we love it there. And we had a great time and we celebrated my daughter, Lauren, and Andrew's seventh wedding anniversary. That was really outstanding. And we had the best time and thank, thankful for Spirit Air uh, on time, both ways. I, I write stories about Spirit Air from time to time because I think they get a bad rap. You know, you can't help it if if crews are sick during a pandemic or they're timed out because there's just a shortage. I mean, I think they do a really good job. And we, we were so thankful to, to get back home on time because I had to – I always put a day now in between – because you can't count on things the way that you used to. But I did promise Fox News I would do that 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. air shift yesterday. So I felt comfortable because if our late flight Tuesday had been canceled, I could have gotten somehow out, even if I needed to go to Philly and get a car. Uh, I would have gotten home in time. So I, I, I promised I would do it, and I did it. 
and we're doing again today. But I come into the studio yesterday, first day, first day back, second day back, but first day in the studio. And there's this amazing gift waiting for me. And I've been planning to write you this morning, but now I can thank you on the air. <laughs> uh, gracious good morning, Harry. Yes, good morning to you, Lance. And I was very kind. Well, you know, there was things that uh, I've, I've, over the decades, literally, that I've heard you mention, and I even went uh, that one day when they honored the uh, street you grew up on. And it's just like, uh, I'm not saying it's quirky or corny, but it was just appropriate because you had never seen Fufu, and you do love the Yankees. Yes. And, uh I just felt that uh, this, this is something you wouldn't really go and get. Or- By the way, for those who don't know, Lance, Fufu is a rabbit. Uh, and this broadcast and this broadcaster helped facilitate uh, a chain of uh, on-air uh, content that led to the rescue of Fufu. And that, so there's always we're always inexorably linked because of that. And then the gift, which I don't know if you know this, I love the game of Monopoly, and we have it. We have a couple of different versions, and this one I don't have, but I do now, or didn't have, but I do now. Lance got me the New York Yankees edition of Monopoly with actual pewter pieces that are your board pieces that go around. 30 seconds, closing comment. Uh, I just want to say, I think your show was uh, ahead of the time of the invention of drones. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> because it goes over. <laughs> We're like a heat-seeking missile. Uh, was it, why am I forgetting? Was it Dick Squires? Yes, Did uh, somebody famous find Fufu? Who found Fufu? Uh, uh, Jimmy Barber. Jim Barber, right. Uh, right. Yeah. Jim Barber. Worked out well, didn't All it? I can say is, all I know is, it's it was a sign of being a uh, rabbit's foot and as always a math lesson for today and the rest of our lives just count your blessings thank you lance appreciate take care buddy thank you you do the same when we come back john zarek smart law with john zarek then a discussion about heart valve disease very important discussion with dr richard kovach from deborah heart and lung center and then some more fun on the phone lines. Anybody we didn't get to, we'll get to you at the end of the program. PGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour. Thrilled to uh, to announce that... John Zarek is here. John Zarek is the official and exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense legal matters for the Hurley in the Morning radio program. The law offices of John Zarek right here, right now presents Smart Law with John Zarek. The law offices of John Zarek focuses their efforts on criminal defense law. Their goal is to provide you and your families. It's a family um, extension because you can't separate you really can't. I, I love John's philosophy because you can't separate the client from their spouse or their children. Uh, it, it Everyone 
deals with the uh, the challenge that's being presented. And John has achieved something that that is very, very important. The law offices of John Zarek, you can reach them at 609-641-2266, 609-641-2266. And remember, John, he, he is very happy to take your phone call. If you're dealing with a particular situation, give John a call and he'll talk to you. He'll give you an initial consult. They're on the web at johnzarek.com. Counselor, welcome to your program. Good morning. Good morning, Harry. Hey. Uh, with regard to the practice of law, I, I want to want to tell people, and, and we've said this consistently uh, throughout the years, if, and this is not for pay, if, if you have a, um, a teenager who is, uh, and, and typically the only ones who want advice or will take advice, uh, are, are kids in their teens. Um, if you have kid, it's someone, a young person who seems to be going wrong, who is, uh, maybe, um, drinking too much or well anything is too much for a young person in my opinion um uh, drugs uh hanging with friends getting in trouble um maybe not arrested but could be arrested um and just things are not good um i'd be glad to talk to any uh, any young person like that and their parents um, just need to give me a call, call my office, uh, say that uh, you want some time with me and we'll, you know, sit down together. Very often the problem is there's a dilemma for parents. Uh, kids are, you know, at, at, uh, at 12, they're, they're kids, 12 and below, they're kids. You know, they're, they do what they're told. They, they, you know, have to be controlled, of course, with limits and boundaries and rules and things like that. But as they hit 14, 15, um, 16, certainly, they're in a transition period. You know, they, they're going to be adults, as shocking as that may seem to many of us. They're going to be adults at age 18, um, that means at age 18, no matter what their parents think, they can go down to the Marine Corps recruiter and sign up and come back and say, Mom and Dad, I just signed up to be a Marine. I'm leaving in two weeks. There's nothing you can do about it. The parents can't do a thing about it. Not that necessarily you would want to do something about that. It's a, it's a good thing. But the point is that they can do anything they want at age 18 and you can't control them. So, uh, as I often say to kids, you know, this is who are in trouble or about to be in trouble. Look, you can, you can do things now and you can get, um, you know, the, the police go to your parents, essentially, they send a notice to your parents if there's a problem. But when you're 18, they don't send a notice to your parents. They don't go to your parents. They lock you up. And you're as adult at 18 as you will be at 48. So, um, you know, you, you become an adult at 18, whether you're ready for that or not, whether you act like that or not. So 
very, very important for kids to realize that, you know, that those years, 15, 16, 17, they're transition years. You know, they're, they're years where the kids have an opportunity. They're not adults yet. But by that time, they better start transitioning to adults. So what I say to them, um, you know, at age 14 or 13 or 15 or 16, I say, look, you know, you're going to be an adult. This, these, are, these are the consequences of being an adult when you hit your 18th birthday. This is what the world is going to be like for you. Up to now, you've been a kid. We understand that. Kids do crazy things sometimes. They're controlled by their parents. They have rules and so forth. Sometimes they break them. You know, in that transition period, they're they're looking to be. Um, they're they're looking for the time. They may not consciously be looking at this, but in, internally, they're looking for a time when they're going to be adults. When they're going to be running the show of, of their own lives, and where they're going to be responsible for what they do. So it's very natural for kids to not listen to their parents at age 15, 16. In fact, you, you take the average 16-year-old, they don't think their parents know anything. I mean, you know, all of us have been through this transition. They don't think their parents know anything. In fact, if anything, the very presence of their parents is an embarrassment to them because they don't think they know anything, and, and they they think all their friends think that their parents don't know anything because they feel that way about their own parents. So, you know, it's 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 very uh, so it's it's not unnatural for kids not to listen to parents or take advice to parents. Parents might have tremendous advice, great wisdom, great understanding, great experience. It's very hard for most kids to listen to any of that at 15, 16 years old. They, they just, and it's, it's, it's a biological thing, really, because a neurological developmental thing, because they're starting to, they should be starting to become more independent, more ready to break away, and, and so forth. But they do listen you know, kids that age will listen to other people who are very, um, who they believe know what's going on, right? And that's, you know, that's where we can be helpful. That's where, uh, and we've all had people at that, when we were that age, we might not listen to our parents very well. You know, or think they, we, you know, there could be consequences for breaking the rules. To that extent, we have to listen. But in terms of thinking our parents are really wise, at that age, maybe, maybe we don't think that way. But there is always someone, for most of us that survived teenage years, there was always someone that we did trust, that we did believe knew what was going on even if we were reluctant to acknowledge it in front of our friends say um, that could be a that could be a a football coach or a basketball coach or a uh, field hockey coach or it could be a, a teacher very often uh, one teacher in school who will listen to us 
who will who will listen to because we just know that they know what's going on. You know, we just know they're there. And the important thing is there's someone outside the family. They're not our parents, because remember, we're never going to abandon people that we need advice from. We're never going to abandon the idea of advisors all our lives. There's always going to be someone we can look to and turn to um, who will give us good advice and keep us in line. And and kids at 15, 16 years old have no problem with that concept. They have no problem with people outside the family giving them advice and giving them guidance. The problem is with their own parents giving advice and guidance. So um, that's why we're we're very willing uh, to. And but but another thing they need to know that you know what you're talking about. John, hold it right there. You're on a roll. We're coming back uh, as soon as we can with John Zarek. Much more Smart Law with John Zarek at 16 minutes past the hour with John. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. At 21 minutes past the hour, I am Hurley in the morning, and I am with John Zarek because this is Thursday morning in the 8 o'clock hour, and it is Smart Law with John Zarek. Hated to interrupt you, Counselor, because you were you were cooking with gas. Uh, time is yours. Yeah, yeah as, as we said, these kids are in a transition period, you know, 14, 15, 16, uh, it's quite natural that they don't listen to their parents, but they will listen to people outside the family. That could be a professional, that could be a teacher, a coach, um, a neighbor, uh, you know, a, another relative, an uncle or someone, someone who they, you know, is not their parents, you know, because remember, these kids are supposed to at that time be, be they're being prepared I think biologically, neurologically, psychologically, they're being prepared by nature to break away from their parents, you know, to be, to stand on their own feet. So they won't listen to their parents, but they'll often listen to someone else. So what we, what we always say is, um, you know, if, if you have any kids in that, they don't have to be charged with anything. I mean, and there's no money involved. We don't charge for that, but, um, Give us a call, you know, um, at my law office and just say uh, to anyone there that John said uh, uh, I should bring my son, nephew, grandson, whatever, in uh, that he wanted to talk to to him. And uh, we'll set up a time and sit down and talk for a half hour, an hour, two hours, whatever. And, John, there's a reason... You're bringing this up because somebody that's in a really moment of truth in their young life, I'll call it a tipping point, could go the tip the wrong way and really limit all of their options and opportunities for a lifetime or learn to fly straight. This is um, this could be a very important consultation, can it not? Yeah, I, I wouldn't even call it a consultation. It's just we're glad to sit down and okay. talk to young people in that situation. And and usually the families are desperate and scared because 
the kids are doing things that if, uh, you know, if they, if they're not lucky, um, or if it's predictable, predictable that they, they're going to get arrested sooner or later, get charged sooner or later, have terrible consequences sooner or later. Obviously, the family's looking, they feel like they're on the edge of a thousand foot cliff and, and the kid is, uh, dancing a foot from the cliff uh, with a blindfold on. So they don't want him to fall off the face of the earth and, or her. And, uh, you know, we're glad to, glad to help. And I, I can tell you, um, when you sit down with a kid and they know, uh, I don't approach kids as a parent or as a pal or anything like that. I, I, I do it pretty clinically, which is, you know, I'm more like the, I don't say this though, but I'm more like the consigliere to the organized crime family, right? <laughs> I, I sit down and say, you know, Godfather, we have this option and this option. These, this is what will happen here and this is what will happen there. Um, when, when you lay it out and they know what the truth is, this way is real, real bad and this way is real, real good. They're smart enough to, in, in almost every case, they're smart enough to say, yeah, I want the good. I don't want the bad. And I've had, I've had kids that I've talked to like that who, I mean, they're, they would normally be considered bad kids. You know, kids that are really tough or, you know, have already started doing things that are really bad and have a horrible attitude toward everybody. When, when you lay out, okay, this life leads to, here's step by step, and I can tell them because I tell them and there aren't many th- good things about being older, um, but one good thing about being older is you see kids at 15 and then you see them at 45, you know. Yep. You see, yeah, I've represented kids at 15 and I've f- kind of followed the career to, you know, 40, 45 or so. So when you have see kids over that period of time and who become adults who don't make the change, who, who keep doing, you know, the half a dozen things that will pretty very likely get you in trouble, you see where they end up at 45 as, as opposed to the kids that make the change early. And I can, I can lay out with specificity exactly what the crimes will be you know, what their living arrangements will be, what their family arrangements will be. Um, yeah, they don't, they don't like the look. Uh, they don't want the, uh, you know, getting arrested here and there and uh, a girl, f- uh, three different girlfriends with kids here and there and uh, domestic problems and, uh, you know, lazy, la- a lazy lifestyle that ends nowhere. And the the grandkids saying, yeah, I don't, I don't know my grandfather or my grandmother. Um, I don't know too much about them. You know, they, I know they got in trouble a lot. They like to drink and, uh, you know, then when they were like 40 years, they just disappeared. We don't know what happened to them. You know, nobody really knows what happened. Um, you're going to be that for the family, a bad example, or you're going to be, you know, yeah, my grandpa, he was the best. He, you know, always worked hard and he taught us to be honest and he was, um, we could always turn to him for advice and, uh, 
you know, he wouldn't rescue us, but he would he would show us the way out of a problem. And um, we always gather at his his house or her house um, for Christmas or other holidays. And and you know, he was just the best person in the world. So you can be one or the other, and you could be an inspiration to that pyramid of people who under you. Um, or you can be um, a drag on the family, a negative influence, you know, an embarrassment. And and when you lay that out to kids, um, and it starts with telling them, look, you know, amazing as it is, you're 14 years old, you're 15 or 16 years old, and as amazing as, as it is, and I draw the picture, you know, you're going to be at the top of a pyramid one day, you know, you're you're probably going to get married. Um, you're probably going to have kids and then you're going to have grandkids and maybe grand, great grandchildren. You're going to be at the top of a pyramid and that pyramid, um, is, it's going to happen. And one, two things will happen. You'll be a, a tremendous inspiration to all those people underneath you in that pyramid, or you're going to be a terrible, terrible impediment and burden um, a source of shame and guilt to all those people. So what do you want to do? Do you want to, you want the apartment, uh, in Atlantic city with a bunch of girlfriends and no job and, <laughs> and, uh, chasing the law, or do you want, uh, you know, a nice place and a nice neighborhood and, you know, barbecues with the family and, and, uh, have the neighbors over and coaching little league and coaching this and coaching, uh, soccer what, what, what picture do you want when you're 35, 40 years old? You know, I'll tell you, it's amazing. Even the, the get most gangster kids, the most arrogant, nasty kids, when you get them alone and you lay out those two options, they always say, as, you know, as tough as they want to be, they always say they want the nice house and the, and the barbecue and the, the neighbors and, you know, coaching and stuff like that. Always. Because when it's their kids, you're, you're, when it's their kids, even though they're kids that they haven't had yet, uh, they want what's best for their kids. Halftime break, John. Hold it right there. No clean break. Just got to do it. It's uh, 30 minutes past the hour with John Zarek. I am early in the morning. We'll be right back with the counselor. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It is Harry Hurley at 30 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Congressman Jeff Andrew announced during our interview yesterday on Fox News Radio breaking news he had not shared before his pick for president. He's on the record. Check it out. What does former Senator Chris Brown do as Atlantic City czar? He doesn't like that title, by the way. We have the story. And Dr. Oz calls for the resignation of Philadelphia Mayor Kenny immediately to resign. 
From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. A complex of rain showers passing through South Jersey between now and about lunchtime could be some rumbles of thunder and pockets of heavy stuff, but the severe weather risk is low. We have to leave a stray shower in the forecast through this afternoon. Mostly cloudy, high of 76. Probably dry tonight, low 68. Sun and clouds and 84 away from the oceanfront tomorrow. Chance of a shower, especially at night. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's Talk Station. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, this program is doing what it always does. It's flying by, approaching 37 minutes past the hour with John Zarek from the law offices of John Zarek, the official, the exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense matters here on the Hurley in the Morning program. John continues with Smart Law with John Zarek. Counselor, time is yours. Yeah. And I'll, I'll make my final uh, final request. If you have, if anyone out there has kids or grandkids that are um, having a problem, then don't hesitate um, to call the office. I'll be glad to sit down with them. Now, some people find that hard to believe, but look, I, I you know, I have a busy practice, but I, you know, I have always have time in the practice for community work or social activities, uh, you know, uh, that are beneficial to the community. I, I like to do this stuff. So it's not oppressive. It's not a problem. In fact, it's a pleasure. You know, it's a pleasure to see kids turn around. So I'd be glad to talk to any young person that you might have that uh, needs needs talking to and and is not listening to the the parents in their life. So um, I also wanted to um, just call my office, no no problem. But I also wanted to uh, talk about uh, um, the Ukrainian situation, Mm -hmm. uh, the war. Uh, maybe it's a little less uh, in the news. On- hey, John, I want to I want to underscore that because in previous episodes, I know I said this on air during your show, and I've said it many, many times when we're not together that we would get to the point where it's not in the news much at all. Uh, we've hit that point. Yeah. Yet, yet the need pro- probably, and I wouldn't know because I don't know what I don't know, but the need probably has never been greater and never has it gotten less attention. It's 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 like Afghanistan. Afghanistan was 24-7 obsession until it wasn't. And the sad thing, though, is – and by the way, we're in the process of um, uh, doing some kind of uh, disowning of Afghanistan. It's a mess. No time to talk about that on the Zarek show. But – the need couldn't be more, and the attention, I think, couldn't be less as it is right now. Back to you. Yeah, so we uh, um, the, the situation over there is just the same as it's always been. Uh, the Russians are attacking on broad fronts. They're rocketing cities. They're, they're you know, rocketing communications networks. They're, the people are still living. People are still starving. Um, no one's starving to death, but uh, we we have a group that we support, a group, uh, you know, a type group of young people who drive anywhere and any place at any time to take humanitarian aid. 
to Ukraine. They're based in, you know, on the border in Poland. And they'll go, you know, they'll go to Mariupol. They'll go to Kharkiv. They'll go to Donbass region. They'll go to any place where people are hungry or need medicine, you know, typically antibiotics and and things that'll keep people from dying from simple wounds and or or injuries and um so we support them and uh uh in fact my uh, my brother is actively supporting them right now and we you know raise money for them and they don't want money they they don't get paid and they've been doing this since the beginning of the war you know that thousands of young people form these groups um the one we support is just one of many but it's it's incredible to see them they they don't get paid they don't accept any money um they raise money um, typically people donate vans or they donate trucks and they raise money for fuel and uh, they're based in poland typically they raise money for fuel and they raise money for food and medicine. They pack up, they hear of a need, a specific need, and they pack up. Recently, for example, the group that we support um, delivered to uh, a city far into Ukraine. Um, there's an extensive network uh, that that's set up where people can communicate these needs and um, and so they they got word that there were people were really in trouble in a specific place. They um, got some money donated. They bought the goods and uh, the food, packed up the vans, and went to that city. Uh, at that city, there were some Ukrainian soldiers, and there were a lot of civilians. Everyone was down to one meal a day, including the kids. You know, one meal a day, and wow. so that's starving. Yeah, and um, they delivered the stuff, and um, they delivered the stuff, and you know that what they what they do is they'll send you receipts for the money, how the money is spent, and they will send uh, photographs or videos of of your goods being delivered. You know the the things that you bought with your you know, smaller, large donation being delivered. Wow. So really a great operation. And my brother, you know, uh, I help, but my brother Mark is very, very active in um, that support. And uh, so it's a good cause. It's just purely, it's not political too. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, all kinds of theories swirling around about uh, why the war is being fought or how it should be fought or what our policy should be. This has nothing to do with that. John, do you have any context in terms of how things have changed since you were there? Uh, They haven't changed. Okay. No, they haven't changed a bit. They haven't changed a bit. Yeah, I just didn't know if... um if we're not delivering as much aid, if there's just anything uh, that has changed because there's just almost no reporting about it. Right. Um, No, we're delivering aid. We're delivering weapons. I mean, the whole operation would shut down if the, if, 
essentially the NATO allies weren't uh, providing ammunition, guns, rockets, um, missiles. Uh, that would that would be over. So, yeah, uh, drones, for example. So, yeah, there, there, there's you're gonna if you're if you're fighting a, a giant, uh, you you can always use more, and you always want more. And I expect that there's going to be an ever-increasing commitment to providing more in terms of military aid. John, final break so we can have about 10 minutes uninterrupted when we come back. One more power segment straight ahead with John Zarek, counselor at law. Smart Law with John Zarek continues. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is exactly nine minutes before the top of the hour with John Zarek. Smart Law with John Zarek continues. Counselor. Yeah, Harry, we were... uh, uh, I I, want to say before we, we... and um, and we're you know we don't have too much longer to go. I, I want to say we talk about we deal with kids all the time. We deal with um, uh, all kinds of crimes. Any any crime that an adult can commit, a, a child can commit, or a child can be accused of. Very often they're not guilty, but um, some you know they're, 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 if they're charged. It needs a lot of attention. It needs a lot of attention quick. And one thing we're seeing a lot of is uh, juveniles charged with sex crimes. You know, um, either contact with other individuals, uh, other kids, uh, or pornography-related things. Um, you know, if one kid takes a picture of another kid and sends it to another kid, that's... Um, they're first-degree crimes. They are production of child pornography. Uh, an adult could get 20 years for that. Um, and a juvenile could get four years in Jamesburg or New Jersey Training School for Boys is the formal name of it. So it's really, really scary. And not only that, you, you typically you might have other kids in the family, and very soon, immediately, the parents will be visited by uh, DCPMP, formerly known as Dyfus Worker, who wants to talk to everybody in the house. Um, and if if they don't talk, then that can be the subject of a, an immediate Dyfus emergent case brought in the family court to force people to do different things that. Uh, to talk, to submit to tests, to, to you know, uh, be evaluated, and so forth. Um, so it, it can be the situation can be very complex, very quick, quick, and the parents could be in a position where they could be charged. In some cases, they could be charged, uh, and, and they have to know this before they talk to DCPMP and others. They could be charged with. Um, crimes of endangering the welfare of a child if they knew that certain behavior was going on and they didn't do anything about it. Um, They could be charged with uh, crimes related to that. 
or they could be charged with uh, not supervising children correctly to the level of um, child abuse. And, you know, so parents, these, these situations are extremely complex, and it's really not something something that you can do alone or do with someone who's not very, very familiar with this stuff because there are a host of interconnecting conflicts that arise when you have children and sex crimes and pornography crimes related. Um, it's uh, quite a monster to deal with. So we're seeing a lot more of this lately. Uh, as kids are exposed, uh, I, I know there are freedoms and there are, you know, there are liberal ideas about, you know, sexuality and uh, pornography and people have the right to express themselves, they say, as they wish. But all those decisions and all those political decisions and all those societal decisions need to be made in the context of the overall societal situation and the consequences of the society, right? Like, like we all, Harry, you and I have the right to go down to uh, the marijuana dispensary this morning, buy enough uh, killer marijuana as, as if this isn't the old days marijuana, this is like 40 times stronger. We could buy a lot of marijuana, we go to the liquor store and buy um, a handle, as they say, a half gallon of, uh, of vodka. <laughs> we have that right, and we could go um, uh, sit in our respective uh, uh, offices at home or our car, and we can smoke marijuana all day, and we can drink all day. You know, we have that legal right, right? That doesn't mean it makes any sense whatsoever, and it doesn't mean that there isn't going to be disastrous consequences for ourselves, our families, and society. So this is what we're seeing now. We have uh, liberalism with regard to sexuality and pornography and, and um, you know, ways people interact with one another romantically and sexually, but the the uh, and in the isolated case it, it seems to be logical I suppose but societally societally we are experiencing a slaughter of our young people right now young people and young people you know teenagers become even preteens uh, become ad young adults and we're just you know, it's bad. It's really bad out there. So when you're making decisions for your family about uh, whether to adopt strict rules about these things, whether to um, find supports for your family, like I always say, uh, you might not have great faith, but you're, you're, uh, your kids are a lot less likely to get into this type of trouble if you're active in some sort of religion or spiritual um, or I guess we'd say humanistic 
organizations or, you know, you don't even have to believe in God, but if, if there's some structure around that the family adheres to and they, they strictly enforce a moral code, it doesn't have to be the strictest moral code, but they, it has to be strictly enforced, whatever it is, then you may save your kids from this kind of, of problem. But what we see in the United States right now is we see ever more, um, I guess, far out attitudes about uh, about kids and sexuality and pornography and freedom um, gambling. You know, like that was something we would protect our kids from. Now we have sports stars on television encouraging. And again, it's 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 heavily, heavily weighted to the minority community. And you can do it so effortlessly right from any digital device. John, final minute, closing comment. Yeah. So um, we've all got to work hard. We've got to work hard to uh, to save our kids, to live a a decent life and to uh, provide some structure that's going to have hope for the future, because the way it is is right now, things are getting worse and worse and worse. We don't know where it's going to go. So you don't want to go there. Without a doubt, to reach John Zarek, the law offices of John Zarek, call 609-641-2266. That's 609-641-2266 on the web at johnzarek.com, Z-A-R-Y-C-H, 609-641-2266. When we come back in just a few minutes, Deborah Heart and Lung Center will present interventional cardiologist Dr. Richard Kovach who will be talking about a very important topic, uh, the heart valve disease that is out there. Uh, Pay close attention. It's coming up next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It's a few clicks away from six minutes past the top of the hour. Very important 30 minutes straight ahead with just one interruption uh, about halfway through. We have the privilege to present Deborah's interventional cardiologist, Dr. Richard Kovach, who we have uh, spoken with a number of times over the years. He's fantastic at what he does. In addition to being an interventional cardiologist, he is the division director of interventional cardiology and endovascular medicine at Deborah Hart Lung Center. Also the medical director of the Cardiac Catheterization Laboratory and the assistant director of Interventional Cardiology Fellowship Program. He's a fellow of the American College of Cardiology, a fellow of the Society for Cardiovascular Angiography and Interventions, and a fellow of the American College of Physicians, specialty training in cardiology and interventional cardiology, Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, board certified in cardiovascular disease and interventional cardiology special interests, endovascular medicine, carotid stenting, endovascular aneurysm repair, 
peripheral vascular intervention, limb salvage, structural heart disease, and clinical research. Uh, highly uh, rated as well. I, I've uh, lo- looking at the doctor's um, resume uh, just this morning. Very, very impressive. DeBoer Heart and Lung Center presents Dr. Richard Kovach. Dr. Kovach, welcome back, sir. Thank you, Harry. It's uh, great to be back. Great to be with you. We have a very important topic this half hour on Deborah Heart and Lung Center presents Dr. Richard Kovach, heart valve disease. Well, I'm not going to bury the lead. We're going to get right to it. What is heart valve disease, doctor? Well, Harry, I think the way to best look at it is um, think of the heart like a house with four rooms. Uh, it, uh, just like your house, there's an electrical system, you know, the uh, system that makes your heart beat and transmits electrical impulses you know, through the various chambers, so it squeezes. You got a plumbing system, which would be the coronary arteries, the arteries that feed blood to the heart muscle. And then you have uh, four doors, uh, basically, the, which are the valves that separate the four chambers of the heart. And uh, just like doors, they open and close, uh, keeping the blood flowing in the proper direction from chamber to chamber. So uh, valve disease is really an abnormality of one of those doors or one of those valves. And just like a door at home can be stuck and not moving properly, uh, uh, impeding uh, you know your ability to move through the door, same thing impeding the ability of, of blood to flow through that valve, or it could fail to close properly, uh, meaning uh, you know the blood uh, leaks uh, uh, through that. Uh, opening in the valve that's when it's not closing completely just like cold air or warm air can you know leak through your door if it's not uh, properly shut or it can be a combination of both where the valve is both stiff and or leaking at the same time and this also i think is is a good path for us to take as well in order of uh chronology here what are the types of heart valve disease i think a lot of people listening don't even know there's types that just think, oh, okay, heart valve disease is heart valve disease, some kind of general, you know, one uh, size fits all. But there are types of heart valve disease, correct? Yes, absolutely. Uh, If we're looking at uh, valve disease in the United States, um, as I mentioned, there are four valves. Uh, Probably the most common um, one that comes to our attention uh, or I should say the two most common valves are going to be the aortic valve. The aortic valve is the uh, valve that separates the aorta, which is the main blood vessel in your body, from the left ventricle, which is the main pumping chamber in your body. And then the mitral valve, which is the valve that separates the left atrium uh, from the left ventricle. Uh, just to review the biology here a little bit, the blood comes back from the lungs, uh, you know, after it's gotten oxygen to the left side of the heart, goes into the left atrium, uh, and then the left atrium pumps it into the left ventricle, which is that main pumping chamber, and then the uh, uh, that uh, left ventricle pumps the blood out to the body. So, uh, again, those are the two valves, two of the four valves that are most commonly involved. Now, in terms of uh, types of abnormality of those valves, uh, uh, when talking about the aortic valve, it's going to be what we call, the medical term is called aortic stenosis, and stenosis means stiffening of that valve, so it's not opening properly. So that impedes uh, flow between the left ventricle, the main pumping chamber, and the aorta. Instead of, you know, there are three leaflets to that valve, um, 
that normally with each beat, you know, open up as the blood is pumped and then uh, between each beat closes so that the blood doesn't come back from the aorta back into the main pumping chamber. So that valve uh, becoming very stiff uh, is uh, ex extremely common, uh, especially in the elderly folks. And with a mitral valve, uh, the valve that separates the left atrium from the left ventricle, um, the most common abnormality with that valve is actually not so much stiffness, but leaking in that valve where it doesn't close properly. So that when the main, uh, the heart pumps, the main pumping chamber hearts, uh, the heart pumps, instead of blood going out through the air valve and out to the body, a significant portion of the blood leaks back through the mitral valve into the left atrium and then uh, gets pushed back towards the lungs. Um, when you uh, look at the rest of the world, uh, you know, we kind of have a skewed view of things in uh, in the United States because we have, you know, access to the latest technologies and antibiotics. So we don't even think about the fact that we have antibiotics uh, for infections. Uh, rheumatic heart disease, you know, caused by rheumatic fever is still probably the most common form of uh, uh, cause of valvular disease in developing countries. Uh, very often, when you, if you have rheumatic heart disease, that involves both the mitral valve and the aortic valve. Uh, in substance abusers, you know, I've, unfortunately, IV drug abusers, which you know, using dirty needles and the cause of the, which can introduce infection, uh, infection of the heart valves, particularly on the right side of the heart, the two valves on that side, and primarily the tricuspid valve, which separates the right atrium from the right ventricle. Um, you can get what's called endocarditis or an infection of that uh, uh, valve. It's also more common in uh, uh, you know low-income and developing countries as well. You know, you read my mind. You brought up antibiotics, and I wrote a note down because we weren't necessarily going to cover antibiotics this morning with Dr. Kovach. But I was thinking about this was years ago, so I don't know if there's any relevance to what I'm about to say. But I pu I put it out on the table since the topic of antibiotics was brought up. Did it used to be that if you had a heart valve issue, that there was a problem? taking antibiotics is that is that still an issue or was it ever an issue well it, uh, the main problem with taking antibiotics uh in the u.s is uh, you know is that some folks may be allergic to, to antibiotics uh as they can with any uh, heart drug for the rest of the world it's really uh you know especially as i mentioned the developing countries it's actually access to antibiotics you know we to take antibiotics here for granted you know, you get get an infection, get a cold, whatever. Uh, your doctor just prescribes something that it will. Uh, but in the uh, and I'm not talking about you know tiny countries either. Right. You know, a friend of uh, mine went over to um, uh, uh, India to uh, uh, manage uh, a certain type of mitral valve disease, mitral stenosis, uh, to get experience taking care of that with various catheter-based techniques. And he asked their health minister. Uh, you know, uh, why is it that there's such a high incidence in, in the antibiotic era, you know, the modern area? Why is there such a high incidence of rheumatic heart disease over here? He says, uh, you know, doctor, you don't understand, you know, this this week or this month that we have uh, no antibiotics available for the general population. Uh, so, you know, something that we take for advantage, uh, excuse me, take for granted you know, may not necessarily be the case in uh, in other countries. Wow. 
We only take one time out during Deborah Hart Lung Center Presents. We're going to do it right now. We're going to come back in just a few minutes. So please don't go away because there's a lot more important content with Dr. Richard Kovach, who was talking about heart valve disease this half hour on Deborah Hart and Lung Center Presents. To make an appointment, two ways to go, uh, both very, very simple, and they're fantastic at Deborah Hart and Lung Center. I've used both. You can go virtually on any digital device, demand Deborah.org, and you'll be prompted. You can't miss it. There's a hyperlink, big headline blocked in area where you'll just click right on or if you'd like to call and some people like to do digital and some people like to pick up the phone easy to do 609-621-2080 and they are taking new patients demanddebora.org or 609-621-2080 we continue with dr richard kovach in just a few minutes this is deborah heart and lung center presents If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Download the Hurley in the Morning podcast. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Visiting with Dr. Richard Kovach of Deborah Hart and Lung Center, where he is a very talented interventional cardiologist and the division director, interventional cardiology and endovascular medicine, the medical director of the cardiac catheterization lab, and the assistant director of interventional cardiology fellowship program my father told me when i was a little boy if you want something done you give it to a busy person the other people have no time so there you have it that's like a quadruple threat right there and double board certified on top of that dr kovach is uh, putting on a clinic this half hour about heart valve disease and this is important because i've learned over the years from dr kovach that it's not like a unicorn sighting to find someone that has a heart valve issue or heart valve disease but how common is it, Dr. Kovach? Well, you know, it's uh, more common than, uh, than you would expect. Um, roughly about 3.4, 3.5% of patients over the age of 75 will have severe aortic stenosis. Again, stenosis, that's the stiffening of the aortic valve. And that's uh, what we refer to primarily as senile aortic stenosis, meaning basically we're getting older and the valves is kind of wearing out and uh, from all the opening and closing for seven, more than 75 years. If you're under the age of 60 and presenting with severe aortic stenosis, that's very often uh, due to something we call bicuspid valve. I think you, if you recall, we mentioned earlier that that aortic valve has three leaflets that open and close. Mm-hmm. Uh, some folks are born with just two leaflets. And what that does is it creates turbulent blood flow rather than the nice, even blood flow through the valve. And that turbulent blood flow over time damages the valve. So somebody with severe aortic stenosis um, uh, under the age of 60, uh, chances are they're going to have two leaflets or what we call a bicuspid aortic valve. For the uh, mitral valve, and again, we talked about that's primarily issues with leaking of the mitral valve. It's actually uh, very common um, to some degree. You know, none of these valves are, are perfect even when we're born. Um, if you look at the general population, 10 to 20% of the middle-aged population is going to have 
uh, might regurgitation to some degree. You know, it might be subclinical, meaning they have no symptoms or maybe extremely mild uh, leak. Uh, unfortunately, uh, less than half, patient, uh, half of the patients with severe microregurgitation or severe leak are referred for consultation uh, for evaluation uh, to see if they're a candidate for either surgical valve replacement or repair or catheter-based uh, repair of the valve, which is what I do. And uh, more than half of the patients that are admitted or are all familiar with the term heart failure where people are admitted with uh, fluid building up in their lungs. More than half patients are admitted with heart failure uh, and uh, impairment of squeeze of that heart muscle and pumping chamber have at least a moderate degree of, of uh, um, regurgitation or leak of that valve. So, again, these are things, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, valvular heart disease is often uh, missed uh, for many, many years. It's not picked up because the symptoms are, are mild or that the patient sort of adapts and reduces their level of activity to avoid symptoms. Or it's just simply missed on a physical exam, not not heard or not uh, suspected on a on a routine physical exam. Uh, so uh, there are a large number of people out there who have significant valvular heart disease that uh, may not even know about it. Let's talk about the word you just mentioned, Doctor Kovach. What are the symptoms? Well, with aortic stenosis or the stiff valve, typically uh, symptoms. Um, are kind of the classic symptoms are chest pain, uh, similar or angina, you know, just like when you have blockages in the heart arteries, that extra strain put on the heart muscle can cause um, chest pain. Uh, as the uh, disease uh, progresses, uh, you can get very lightheaded uh, because the uh, heart isn't able to keep up with the, the uh, demands of blood delivery to the body, especially if you're exerting yourself. And your blood pressure falls, so patients may even pass out. And then over time, uh, pumping against that very stiff uh, valve can put a lot of strain and start to damage the heart muscle, at which point uh, patients develop heart failure. Mm. And left untreated, uh, there's kind of a 5-3-1 rule for um, um, aortic stenosis, meaning if you're presenting with chest pain from aortic stenosis, left untreated, your survival is about five years. If you have an episode of passing out, uh, left untreated, your survival is uh, uh, three years. And if you present with full-blown heart failure, your uh, survival is usually about uh, a year. Wow. You know, other than the classic symptoms, you know, it can be uh, shortness of breath, fatigue, lack of energy, that sort of thing. Uh, with uh, the mitral regurgitation, the leak of the heart failure, it's more likely going to be Shortness of breath, fatigue, swelling, fluid building up in the legs, uh, you know, and uh, associated with the kind of the typical symptoms of, of heart failure. Uh, again, with fluid building up in the lungs, extreme shortness of breath, that sort of thing. Dr. Kovach, I, I know you mentioned a little bit about this in some of your other uh, comments, but I think it's worth a standalone question. Who is at risk for heart valve disease? Well, uh, again, I think we covered that a little bit, but uh, the the elderly, uh, you know, the most common are going to be elderly folks, uh, just from the uh, what we call the senile aortic stenosis. Uh, the valve is kind of wearing out after many, many years of opening and closing. And um, for the mit- mitral regurgitation, uh, patients who have uh, uh, developed 
developed uh, most commonly what we call functional mitral regurgitation, meaning there's uh, uh, damage to the heart muscle, whether it's from, you know, multiple heart attacks or uh, any uh, sort of thing that causes the heart muscle to, to dilate up. And then what, what that happens, the, uh, those leaflets are pulled apart, uh, not in close, as close proximity to each other and start uh, to leak. So, I mean, if I wanted to select the two most common groups, one for aortic stenosis and one for mitral regurgitation, those would be the, uh, uh, the, the uh, most, uh, most common. Very important. This also is very important because you're going to be able to tell folks the distinction between the two. How is heart valve disease different from heart disease itself? Well, I think, you know, heart disease is uh, kind of really a generic term, meaning, you know, it, anything anything to do with any of the heart systems. So it could be weakening the heart muscle, blockages in the arteries, problems with the electrical conduction system, uh, requiring uh drugs to control irregular heart rhythms or a pacemaker for the slow heart rhythms. Um, so, you know, again, a heart disease in just is, as I said, a generic term. It, it could be anything uh, having to do with the heart itself. Valvular heart disease specifically refers to those valves or those uh, doors between the various uh, chambers of the heart. You mentioned something earlier, Dr. Kovach, that really caught my ear, and it was about people that don't get diagnosed, that they adapt and things like that, or it's so mild at first that they don't even know it, uh, so on and so forth. How is heart valve disease ultimately diagnosed? Well, I think, again, as with uh, uh, most medical problems, it really, when uh, regular checkups with your physician and a good uh, history, you know, uh, noting anything, uh, in the patient's history that may uh, predispose them for developing valvular heart disease or heart disease in general, and a uh, very thorough physical exam, uh, you know, close examination of the heart. Uh, at that point, if the, the history and the physical exam are uh, making the physician uh, suspicious that there's underlying uh, problem with uh, problems with the valves, uh, probably the best screen tool is an echocardiogram. Uh, an echocardiogram, as you know, is a pretty much a sound wave picture of the heart in which the, uh, the all the major chambers of the heart can be uh, looked at, their size, how well the heart muscle is contracting, and then in the case of valvular heart disease, specifically uh, the valves themselves, how they're moving uh, and uh, whether or not they're opening or closing properly or whether there's a, a, a leak through the valves. The way that's done without getting too technically uh, involved is uh, what we call uh, a Doppler ultrasound signal. The, the sound wave is uh, reflected off the blood and we can tell which uh, direction uh, the uh, blood is moving uh, by the Doppler signal. And in the case of, for example, aerosmosis, I think one of the uh, things you, uh, most folks can relate with is We'll actually see, it might, might sound paradoxical, but there's actually, uh, when we look at the aortic valve, if it's stiff, an increase in the velocity of blood flow through the valve. Uh, the analogy I like to use is, you know, you have a garden hose, it's kind of flowing, uh, slowly, and you stick your thumb over the end of the garden hose, 
and uh, all of a sudden you have a, a stream of water that you can shoot pretty far because you feel the pressure building up behind your thumb. And then it, it, instead of a nice gentle flow out the end of the hose, you get a small stream that's going very fast because the same amount of blood or, or water in the case of the garden hose is trying to get through the same space at the same time. So uh, for aortic stenosis, for example, we see an increase in velocity of blood flow. We not only see the thickened and calcified valve, but a higher velocity of blood flow is the same amount of blood is trying to squeeze through that smaller opening at the same time. Very relatable. Uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. You, you were continuing? I was going to say, you know, then once, once you have that confirmed with a significant valve disease, confirmed with... Uh, uh, the echocardiogram, then you might want to proceed on with uh, things like a heart catheterization to evaluate the other heart systems, the arteries, et cetera, that, yeah. to get a better eye, uh, understanding of the eye, of what caused the um, the stiffness or the leak in the first place. Very relatable analogy. I, I really appreciate that because it really is something that people can can process and understand. Interventional cardiologist, Dr. Richard Kovach continues. I'm looking at the clock. I can't believe it. Three minutes and a lot more that we want to cover. What are the treatment options? How do you deal with this? Uh, yes, I'm going to go to that before the end. Uh, with stenosis, if it's mild, uh, it's stiffening the valve. Certainly, your best thing with your natural valve as long as possible. So for mild disease, we just... Uh, conservative management, uh, uh, serial uh, echocardiograms over the years along with medicines. Uh, For severe uh, aortic stenosis or stiffening of the aortic valve, uh, we have two options. Uh, Basically, uh, surgical valve replacement or more recently, it's been in the news, uh, TAVR, which stands for transcatheter replacement of the aortic valve. Uh, For if you're, uh, you know, over the age of 70, 75, maybe lots of other medical therapies, you don't uh, kind of at higher risk for uh, an open surgical procedure, open heart, uh, would, would lean towards the TAVR procedure to, because from the patient's standpoint, uh, it's a puncture in the groin and you get a Band-Aid for your troubles. Wow. If it's uh, a younger person, uh, a much younger person, less than the age of 70, uh, we might want to lean more towards a surgical valve replacement only because we know that just like the uh, surgical valves, uh, the mechanical valves uh, tend to last longer than the tissue valves. The TAVR procedure is done with tissue valves. So after 10 or 15 years, they may stiffen up. So if you're you know, 50 or 60 getting a, a TAVR valve, you might need to have another one in 10 or 15 years. So the younger patients would tend to be treated more with, if appropriate, if the valve is stiff enough to be replaced or repaired, uh, go with a mechanical valve. If a more elderly patient, more likely to go with a catheter-based procedure. And these days, you know, uh, most our patients who get the TAVR procedure go home uh, the next morning. And in some cases, we're looking at sending those patients home the same day, which is kind of amazing if you think about it, a valve replacement wow. as a, almost an outpatient procedure. That's that's extraordinary, uh, extraordinary to hear that. For the mitral valve, real quickly, yep. I know we're running out of time. Yep. Uh, if it's what we call degenerative, meaning there's a problem with the, the uh, structure of the valve in the first place, uh, if possible, typically those patients are repaired or replaced surgically. Um if it's what we call functional, uh, meaning related to other abnormalities of the heart muscle, dilated chambers where the valves, the leaflets aren't uh, 
getting close enough together anymore and they leak. Um, again, surgery is an option, uh, but also for either of those cases, uh, we now have the uh, uh, option of what we call edge-to-edge repair of the mitral valve. It's another catheter-based procedure where instead of valve replacement uh, completely, we uh, can put uh, effectively a little clip on the valve to pull the leak together so that they don't leak as badly. Uh, and even if we take the leak from severe to moderate or mild, typically those patients will have a substantial improvement in their symptoms uh, uh, without, uh, again, a procedure that's uh, essentially a one-night uh, in the hospital stay. Dr. Kovacs, let's, um, let's, squeeze, so let's, let's squeeze this one in because I think it's important. Can you actually prevent heart valve disease? Do we have the, the power to prevent it in the first place? Uh, that's a good question. I think in terms of aortic stenosis or senile aortic stenosis, uh, you know, where the valve is just wearing out uh, over time, uh, the only cure for that I can think of is never to grow old. Uh, but I think, <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's uh, uh, we haven't gotten there yet. For, uh, you know, functional, uh, for mitral regurgitation, especially functional mitral regurgitation, uh, you know, the most common cause of functional or mitral regurgitation, meaning an enlarging ventricle, is going to be underlying coronary artery disease where the patient has had multiple heart attacks, damage to the heart muscles, so the chamber enlarges, scars, and then makes that valve leak some more. So the uh, best prevention for that would be, uh, if, if, there, if it's possible, is what we do to prevent coronary artery disease, you know, modify your risk factors, major risks being heart attack, excuse me, high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, smoking, and family history. We can't do anything about our family history, but if we, you know, are good about modifying our other risk factors, never as best we can to prevent the uh, occurrence of a heart attack and damage the heart muscle in the first place, that will cut, would cut down substantially on the uh, incidence of uh, damage to the heart muscle, which in turn would lead to uh, 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 worsening leaking of the mitral valve. Dr. Kovach, you always bring it. Uh, thank you for a great visit to make an appointment. If you'd like to do so digitally, demanddebora.org, or you can call 609-621-2080. Dr. Kovach, until we meet again, have a great day, sir. Thanks. It's been great uh, spending time with you, Harry. Have a good day. Great to be with you. You're awesome. When we come back, John Zarek uh, has an appeal that he would like to make, and he will do so in just a few minutes. Don't go away. This is... WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean Hannity. We are back 43 minutes past the hour. And ladies and gentlemen, John Zarek has an appeal that he would like to make. John, you're on the air. Yeah, Harry, uh, thanks for the opportunity. Um, uh, My brother and I have been uh, helping a small group of uh, young people, mostly early 20s, who regularly uh, gather food and medicine and run it to any place in Ukraine that needs it. And I'm talking about, you know, the city's being shelled by the Russians on one side. They drive in the other side. Um, They're very brave. 
very careful network how they operate, but essentially it's it's as direct help as you can get. There's no organization in the middle. Um, we uh, we and they raise money. Uh, that money gets spent on food and medicine as needed, as as requested. And uh, there's an extensive communications network. You heard about uh, Elon Musk setting up a communications network for Ukraine. Uh, the the word gets out that a certain village has people starving um, or sick, uh, and this is. This is quite common now, even more common now than in, in the past, uh, since the um, initial thrill of, of war uh, is, is wearing off in a lot of countries. Um, now it's now it's down to people that are willing to do the work and help. And so uh, they get the money. Um, the group gets the money, uh, buys the material necessary. Um, sends receipts for the materials that they buy to the donors uh, who help and um, drive to any place in Donbass region, eastern Ukraine, southern Ukraine, Odessa, Mariupol, any place where uh, or villages nearby where it's it's uh, needed, deliver the goods, take photographs of the delivery, uh, videos sometimes of the delivery, and uh, it's it's as direct and go and come back and load up again and go someplace else. And these kids, uh, I say kids to me, they're they're typically early twenties. They've been doing this since the very beginning. Uh, they get no pay, often sleep in a van. Uh, they have a you know places to stay on the border in Poland where they come back to. But you know they don't spend anything on rent on on. Uh, personal items for themselves it's pure whatever if a thousand dollars is donated a thousand dollars of goods is bought and delivered and that's the way it is so john let's do this let's um let's take our final break if there's anything more on the financial appeal uh the time is yours when we come back then i want to pivot uh a lot of our listeners if they were listening at the beginning beginning of the program i made one comment on this and said we would come back to it and that certainly we're going to be covering it in great detail when i fill in today nationally for fox news radio from three to six p.m guest hosting today on the guy benson show the resignation of bars johnson is now no longer inevitable it has happened we're six hours difference in terms of time uh so it's obviously uh much later in the day it's like going on four o'clock in the afternoon in the united kingdom Boris Johnson has announced his plans to resign as prime minister of the United Kingdom. Uh, He had um, suffered the resignation of 42 ministers, and really it had just become untenable. There's some issues here, though, because he had a phenomenal relationship with um, Volodymyr Zelensky. So Zelensky won't be necessarily happy about this. Johnson wants to stay on board sort of like a caretaker because this process takes about two months to do. The conservatives actually will pick a leader, and that leader becomes the prime minister. So as soon as they decide who that leader is, they have basically had their own election for a new prime minister. So I want to get, John, you finish on whatever you were wanting to conclude with, but I want to get your take on that 
because uh, there is a Ukrainian connection to that based on the great relationship that the two have. And obviously, Zelensky is now going to be working with someone else initially, perhaps. And, and Johnson is asking to stay. They might just tell him to get the heck out. I don't know. Uh, I don't think that would be in anyone's best interest, because until you have a replacement, I would keep the guy you have. But let's see how things go. We'll be back in just a little bit. Then we'll be uninterrupted until Kilmeade with John Zarek. I am early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Hi, it's Larry Elder, and I want to talk to you about 100% drug-free relief factor. I've been telling you about it for years on radio and television. Why? Because I believe in it. I use it. My friends use it, and hundreds of thousands of others out there have tried it. About 70% of those people go on to order more. They find that Relief Factor works to help their bodies fight inflammation and eliminate their pain. Take Mark in Texas, for example. He'd been dealing with pain in his right shoulder for months, almost constantly, when he decided to give Relief Factor a try. Within two weeks of taking it every day, the pain in his shoulder faded away and completely disappeared. There are so many people out there whose experiences with Relief Factor are just like Mark's. What about you? Might your pain be the next to go away with Relief Factor? Your first step to becoming pain-free just might be to order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Just go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-4-RELIEF, 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. John Zarek, before we shift gears and take a stroll across the pond... Uh, was there anything more on the Ukrainian financial uh, aid that you were wanting to talk about? Go, go right ahead. Yeah, this is pure person-to-person charity, so there's no organization, no anything. It's it's the best thing you can possibly do. These are starving, primarily women and children, mm. and and dying women and children who are sick for lack of something like penicillin or you know some other antibiotic or something. So. Um, Call my office, uh, 609-641-2266. John Zarek in Northfield, 609-641-2266. will tell you how to donate. It'll take not a minute. It'll take 30 seconds um, to put money directly in the hands of people that we trust and we know and that we're supporting uh, on a daily basis. So, uh the best thing you could do, 641-2266. Give a little, give a lot. Some people give a lot of money. Some people give very little, but uh, every single bit is important. If you gave $25, it would be, in a very short time, $25 worth of food uh, bought very, very inexpensively. For people eating maybe, if they're lucky, one meal a day in some cases. We confirm that one meal a day with one group that we, one village uh, for Mm. kids too. Wow. So uh, 641-2266, give something. It's very easy to do and uh, I'll guide you through it. So Good people doing good things. So we'll shift gears. Bars Johnson had been basically unbreakable no matter what happened. He had this ability to connect with voters. He had the ability to survive any disaster. But this all caught up with him. He did survive that vote of no confidence uh, a month or so back. Uh, But 
So many people started to resign. Forty two ministers have quit. His position became untenable, almost Nixonian. They came to him and said it's over. And he agreed and he announced that he will resign. His goal is to stay on until they pick a new uh, conservative leader. And then that conservative leader will become the next uh, prime minister of the United Kingdom. What are your thoughts about this? Well, I think it's a terrible loss. Uh, I think he uh, he he may have not played his political cards right, but he was a great leader. There's no question about it. I, I know he was immensely popular in the United States, and um, you know I think he did a lot to uh, rally the troops in the early days of the Ukrainian war when the Russians were invading. He was. If I'm not mistaken, he was the first leader uh, in the Ukraine when, you know, there were real fear of lots of Russian agents roving everywhere in Ukraine, especially the capital. He went to the capital and uh, and appeared and spoke. So, you know, quite a uh, he, he may have had technical problems, um, as we all possibly can have from time to time in our lives but he was a great leader there's i don't think there's any question about that and a terrible loss i i agree i i know there was some stupid stuff he got people riled up when he had that party and and people didn't like that when everybody was locked down it does seem like so many it doesn't matter about party affiliation or anything the, the what is it uh not for thy but whatever that expression is you know it's it's the do as i say not as i do uh scenario where they tell you not to do something but then they're doing what they're telling you you're not allowed to do and that as you know that that bothers people that gets people riled up so he had to survive that uh and then it just got out of control and the last straw was the um the gentleman who was accused of uh improper touching uh, a man that was accused of improper touching of two other men at some function and that that just that was it and people just started dropping like flies and quitting so uh there will be change i have no idea who it will be though it takes about two months for them to decide themselves so i don't think they know right up front who will have the votes in order to be able to pull this off but it's a a unique way of doing things, uh, no special election initially. Now, if they if somebody gets it and they're terrible, then they'll you know they'll have a vote of no confidence and they'll call for new elections. Even uh, Johnson was going to try to survive by calling for a new election. Uh, that's why I think we are so blessed, John. We have a system that has lasted for almost two hundred and fifty years. We're a democratic republic, as you know, not a democracy. And the average shelf life for any democracy is 200 years or less. So we're on borrowed time by almost half a century. But our system works. Even if we make if we find out something like I think we got a president on false pretenses, he said he was moderate and he's been completely governed by a woke Democrat, hard left philosophy that he promised. He even said, I'm not like those crazies. Uh, and come on, I mean, it is what it is. So that was false pretenses also uh, that the president really isn't up for the job. But we don't, other than impeach and remove uh, by a, a trial in the Senate, you vote, we vote a president in for four years. And if they're good, they get another four years and then they leave. Uh, many of our listeners may not know 
there have been 10 one-term presidents for various reasons. So the American people don't always give – we had a run. We had the longest run, I think, in American history of two-term presidents with um, George – with Bill Clinton, George W. Bush – and Barack Obama, I don't know that there had been another time where there had been three straight two-term presidencies. So the American people, if they don't like what's going on, they'll 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 send someone packing. They've what we've had forty-five presidents, even though there's forty-six numbers, and thirty-five have gotten a second term, uh, but ten have not. So we do it differently here. We're very fortunate uh, because I think. What happens in the United Kingdom, what happens in Israel? I mean, look how many they're doing it again, as a matter of fact, uh, calling for new elections right now in Israel. I think that kind of thing, John, is really disruptive. I think you should get a term unless you commit some kind of crime. You serve out your term and and you're not reelected. But I think it's very disruptive. Some of these uh, formats, John. Yeah. It, we have the greatest system in the world. You know, the the Constitution was labored over uh, and debated for a long time, and it was worked out with uh, really amazing political precision. Yeah, probably divine intervention on top of it. I just always will believe that because it can't, you can't do something that – no, I don't think mere mortals could do something this great that could last so many hundreds of years without even knowing – that we would have a digital age and phones and all these different things, cars and, you know, planes. And I mean, they had no idea, but yet what they did was so brilliant. And as you know, John, and then I'll turn it over to you for your comment. They looked at the different forms. They looked at a democracy. Of course, George Washington could have been a king, but you got to give him credit. Who, who turns down that? But the whole point was not to have a king. So that was great that he was, um, so unique and such a leader that he knew that that was wrong. Uh, what do they say? Uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. But then the other version of that is absolute power is kind of cool. So who turns that down? But they looked at democracy. They looked at all for, uh, all kinds of different forms of government. And they came up with this representative republic, quote unquote. Franklin said, if you can keep it so far. We've been able to keep it. Your thoughts? We have. And it's it's very important for all of us. Uh, everyone in the country swears to uphold the Constitution of the United States. So, and that Constitution has sustained us and, and helped us flourish and do endless good around the world, in, in our own country and around the world. But as you know, though, we do have representatives that did take the oath but didn't mean it. And they constantly do things and even say things like, this isn't my country. Uh, I don't support that constitution. That's not my constitution. I mean, we have some real problems at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are always going to be screwballs out there who uh, who are in dreamland. And, you know, I'll, I'll say that perhaps they're not mean-spirited in the sense that they want to destroy the country. They just don't think that uh, doing away with the Supreme Court will, they don't understand what a disaster that would be. They haven't been schooled in the Constitution. They've been schooled in, um, very often this is an oppressive, uh, patriarchal, racist uh, uh, society that is 
you know, that has to be dismantled. Yeah, right. And by the way, John, when they doxed all the Supreme Court members and set them up basically to get killed, and in Kavanaugh's case, he could have been killed and his family, that's disgraceful stuff. And it it is a crime uh, to try to influence the decision of a judge. And come on, that's what they were doing. That was some dangerous stuff. Final minute. Yeah, very much so. Uh, they, but there are going to always going to be uh, people that are in dreamland, socialist, communist, whatever you want to call them, woke, who think that their job is to that if the old system gets dismantled, that life will be paradise. Uh, that's what the communist system was about in in Soviet Union. What happened was it resulted in the murder of millions and millions and millions, hundreds of millions of people over time, um, it didn't work. It didn't work. It worked for the leaders, the few people that are in power, and they're the people that are pushing for this now. Hey, John, let me share this real quick, and we'll be covering this later today when I fill in nationally for Fox News Radio. Brittany Griner has pleaded guilty to drug charges in Russia, so probably the deal was made. I don't think she would have pled guilty to face 10 years in prison. Maybe this is how everybody saves face. She pleads guilty. They say time served. They fly her out. You can't come back. You're banned from this country. Uh, We've been covering this uh, since yesterday when the trial began. And we just got word uh, this minute that she has pled guilty to the drug charges. She she went in with the um, the vaping device that had some type of either marijuana oil or some some drug that's illegal in russia john that's it the the show is over uh great appeal for ukrainian support and i've enjoyed our interchange on the uh the, the topic of boris johnson as well talk to you real soon john thank you harry 641-2266 if you want to donate and help uh starving people thank you my friend uh we'll be back in five hours uh until then here's brian kilmeade 